0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast,
1: the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 179 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me... Back in the kitchen studio this
2: week, indeed, in it's the comfort and, and the warmth. Yeah, in, absolutely. it wasn't that bad last no, week. It was a bit windy. Yeah. You, you, well, you didn't spend much time up by the satellite, did you? No, <laughs> no, no not by I the must satellite. admit, I, I felt very sorry for our uh, our marvelous cameraman who had to spend Carl, like yeah. about four hours up there. It was a bit of a wind tunnel. Let's it speak. was. It was a good day though. We had <laughs> a
1: fantastic day, yeah. day at at the Seething yeah. Air Show. We uh, got loads of footage. We did loads that. of interviews as well. We we bagged so many interviews yeah. at, uh, yeah, at Seeding. Yes, great, great interviews. There's
2: one that I'm really Bob's interview. I'm so yeah. looking forward to playing.
1: Yeah. That was really good. But we got some great, uh, great feedback as well from that. So uh, yeah, we had a fantastic day? We did. All in all, yeah. So it's uh, what's it? it's, it's, it's Saturday, just for a change. Yes. Uh, 26th of August, and it's uh, well, it's 10:50 in the morning here Ooh. in the UK. Right. And uh, yes, we are here for one hundred uh, episode number 179. The chat room is uh, full of uh, wonderful busy, busy. listeners, yep. as always, talking between themselves. Yep, uh, Air Stig, we've got someone there We haven't seen in the chat mm, room before yeah. The Air Stig Yeah, we know who they, he belongs yeah. to That's the bit that I'm nervous about <laughs> <laughs> uh, Masha and Paul Tricker Mariana, Owen's in the chat room uh, Liz Piper as well Is in the chat room some chap called Nick Anderson's in the mm, chat room. Again, I never heard him of him. Yeah. And uh, we've got uh, Neville Bounds. Neville unfortunately couldn't join us this morning. Yeah. Uh, he's very busy indeed. I expect yes. he's gathering interviews from. Uh, I dare uh, say, yes. From probably royalty. I well, Absolutely. I mean, uh, is
2: he, is he? <laughs> if you can, if you can gain entry to the BBC, frankly, royalty's the next step. Surely. Uh, I <laughs> mean, William,
1: William did leave the air ambulance. Uh, he this did. Week, oh, so right. I, I would oh, imagine it yeah. probably. Mm. You know, he's probably getting lining that up as we speak. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But we have some amazing. And by uh, way of compensation for, yeah. for the lack of no... sun, yeah. We have some amazing <laughs> guest hosts joining us on the show this morning. And it's from various different time zones around mm, the UK. Yeah. So we can only say thanks to, the, to everyone for joining us, uh, our guest hosts. But first off is, uh, well, ladies first.
2: I, I think so, yes, only and, only right.
1: Uh, she's uh, one of the hosts on the Airline Pilot Guys show. Mm-hmm. She's a pilot, a doctor, a she's skydiver. She's definitely the prettiest. And she, oh, yes, yeah. very much so. And don't forget, <laughs> she's also Miss World 2017. <laughs> Welcome onto the show, Dr. Steph.
3: Ah, thank you very much, Carlos. <laughs> Wonderful introduction. Glad to be here with all of you guys this morning. Looking forward to a great show. And it's still quite early here, so... Um, <laughs> be a moment to continue waking up yeah behind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely still...
2: uh, now moving on to uh the next person uh who was terribly offended when i referred to steph as the prettiest one from the apg team uh and uh, it, well uh, there's not really anything else you can introduce him because he is a legend let's be honest it is the legendary captain nick very good morning sir
0: Oh, I Hi, there, Carlos. Hi, Matt. The beard's coming back. I'm, I'm regaining <laughs> Thank my. Thank for that. You know, my yeah. <laughs> Renowned. I did. Uh, I genuinely
2: thought somebody had stolen your mobile phone and taken photos with it when when that <laughs> appeared on Twitter. I really don't know what happened there. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I did. Was there any particular reason
0: behind uh, the uh, the decision? You just fancied a, a change? <laughs> no, no. It was an age-related moment oh. um, where I uh, thought I'd just trim off a few. That, you know, hairs yeah, that were just sticking edges. out. Yeah. And, and I forgot to check the guard was on my razor no. that <laughs> cuts it to the right. And I just went, zup! And I went, oh. Oh, oh, dear. <laughs> okay. That's right. So, wow. with only half a beard then, okay. I thought, oh, the, best, the rest it, better. Start, come again. Off. Yes, start no, again.
2: That's fair yeah. enough. It's a very good excuse. And, and, and I accept your apology. That's fine. Because just don't do it to the rest of us ever again, <laughs> frankly. Oh, no, I'll try not to. <laughs> no, very frightening. Very frightening indeed.
1: And our next guest, joining us from miles away across the pond. He's a host on the so Plain what, Crazy. So, what's up, Norwich? Well, Norwich, yeah. yeah okay. if, uh, <laughs> Norwich, or way. Yeah. He's a host on the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. And, uh, well, he's, uh, he's just shut down his barbie.
4: Uh, welcome <laughs> on to the show, Grant McCarran.
5: <laughs> shut down hey your Hey, guys, how you doing?
4: And uh, No, I didn't just shut down the barbie. She left ages ago. <laughs> oh, no,
2: that's different.
4: Family show, children, family show.
5: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 that's your mind. So yeah, I was yeah, being yeah, very yeah. quiet. Yeah,
2: that's why I'm saying family
5: show. How, how, uh, it, how are <laughs>
1: things with you, Grant, on this, uh, on this well, Saturday night view?
4: Yeah, it's just coming up on uh, 8 o'clock local time in the evening, uh, which is why I've got a beer beside me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look. All's good. Uh, it's actually been a relatively relaxing day, a few chores done, uh, updating some airshow show notes from, uh, to get ready for whenever I go out and do air show commentary again next. But uh, yeah, it's all good here. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew indeed? <laughs> and also joining
1: us uh, from, uh, well, from kind of the America side of the world. So we're going the back. America side of the world. We're going, back, we're going back world. and forwards here. We've gone to Australia okay. or America and we've gone right. back all around the world. Yeah. I'll tell you it's a global so somewhere show. Somewhere near this.
2: Georgia. Let's Let's go with. He's uh, he's
1: well he's a, he's a pilot. He flies an yes. awesome Mooney, yeah. which we saw at Pittsburgh yes. uh, yeah, early this can, year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's he, well he's just a legendary pilot, really. So welcome <laughs> onto the show, Stephen
6: Ivy. Hey everybody, how are y'all this morning?
5: Oh, oh, good. Thanks well, you... for
1: joining us, Steve. Lovely
6: accent. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you all for inviting <laughs> me. It's, uh, it's different, actually, doing a show instead of just sitting and watching it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. the novelty
2: wears off really fast, I can assure you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so
6: just... where, whereabouts uh, in the US are you at the moment then, Stephen? So um, I live uh, about 30 minutes to an hour outside of Atlanta, west of it, closer to Alabama than I am Atlanta, depending on traffic. So I'm just a little ways outside of there. Ah oh, right, yeah. so, so I'm guessing the
1: the uh, airways are quite busy uh, for GA flying so, where you are. Yeah,
6: they are, and I actually live on the arrival corridor to the north runways at the Atlanta Airport, so I get wow. to watch uh, commercial traffic all the time. So, yeah.
1: and how's the how's the flying going, Stephen? You've, obviously, you've got your Mooney, how you are Yep,
6: yeah, yeah, I uh, I did about ten hours of flying last week. Um, I went down to Florida to pick up some beer. Um uh, right. came back. <laughs> yeah. As, you yeah. As you do. As you do. As yeah. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. yeah. It, it was homebrew, so it's yeah. stuff you couldn't get. But, but I, I yeah. got down there and I uh, <laughs> was waiting on the person to come get me from the airport so I could get the beer and they uh, got in a car accident, so I wasn't able to retrieve the beer.
2: Oh, no, disaster.
6: Yeah, it was was a disaster. Yeah,
2: Never mind how he was, you know. (laughs) Exactly. I I assume he is all right, is he?
5: Gotta have the beer still? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. But uh, I came back,
6: and then um, I flew up for the uh, solar eclipse on Monday to uh, Blairsville, Georgia, that was uh, a little bit off the center line. Um, Got to see the total eclipse. Um, I was really surprised. There were... 10 planes that would just circle overhead that were trying to um, view the eclipse from their aircraft and the blazer airport's kind of in a valley in between the mountains up there so i was kind of waiting for somebody to tag each other but they uh, never did thank goodness but yeah it was a definitely a sight to see
2: yeah i bet i oh, bet yeah. now i know you've, you've been having quite a lot of work done to your little uh your little plane haven't you um. Sort of getting yeah. certifications um, and things. Also, what was that?
6: So I was supposed to have my commercial check ride back uh, on the twenty seventh of June, yeah. and uh, I was getting ready for it, reviewing the maintenance logs. And I had a uh, airworthiness directive that I had forgotten about and Ooh. thought <laughs> I I had understood the verbiage of it, but yeah. um, that word or was thrown in right at the tail end. So um, always nice. <laughs> I had to uh, postpone the check ride and go ahead and do the annual. So, uh, that took about two weeks. Um, didn't find anything wrong. Um, I had to repl- had to have the prop governor overhauled. Yeah. Um, when you, I was taken off and everything, you would have kind of a wobble with the prop. So when you're, you rotate, you could hear an audible change of pitch with the prop. And you, you really don't want that when you're trying to get up in the air and get going. <laughs> no, so no. I got it <laughs> thick, um, put some new tires on it and, uh, Went for the check ride the week after and passed it, so I have my uh, commercial single engine land wow. with my instrument rating. So
4: okay, uh,
5: yeah.
2: wow, that very
6: good, well done, well done, nice one. So hey, hey,
4: hey, quick, quick question for Stephen: How many aeronautical money units did that cost you? You know, at one AMU <laughs> is approximately one thousand um, uh, dollars.
6: I actually haven't gotten the final bill yet. So right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Enjoy it while you so still you can, you can, can, then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently when he was putting the plane back together, he, uh, the mechanic broke my, uh, cowling cable that I have some cooling cowls on the bottom and he broke the cable on him. So, uh, had to wait to get that. That was a three week lead time. And that one little cable, it's only like that big maybe. Yeah. About three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
5: So.
6: Yeah, well, that's a mooney. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah I, 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 I have, have. Not cheap. I have to confess, I had heard a rumor that uh, aviation in general was actually quite expensive. Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that rumor, but. Well, uh... <laughs> I, I was
6: I was talking in the chat room last week, and I I guess it was still early, and I misspelled mooney and put money. Right. So I was like, oh, so yeah. you're flying yeah. money. I was thinking, well, I'm burning it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not. pretty much the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, fine. Yeah. Hey, even
4: in hot air ballooning, it's all about the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's true.
2: But,
3: yeah. but
1: but it is a lovely aircraft. I, I did uh, get a chance to uh, to see the... Stephen's Stevens Mooney at Pittsburgh. And it yeah, was very we all nice, did. Yeah, nice,
2: did. in fact, indeed. you nearly got a flight in it, didn't you, Nick? I don't think it did. You, it didn't quite come to uh,
0: fruition. I don't think, if memory <laughs> serves. No, so, somebody chickened out. So, oh, I right. uh, <laughs> was real set. In fact, it, he, he was my ride. Uh, yeah. Stephen was my ride from Atlanta to Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I geared up the whole thing on on yeah, yeah. arriving. Sorry, and then Steve, just throwing my suitcase in the back of his. Light aircraft and off we were going to go, and I was really looking forward to it. And then he said, oh, "The weather doesn't look quite right." No, and, uh, no, and it did. In, in Steve's uh, defence, have any there... typhoons or hurricanes? <laughs> What the hell's the matter well, with these yeah, guys? Yeah, come on. Yeah, grow a pair. Come on.
2: Yeah, one engine, not four, yeah. one. <laughs> ah, they just yeah. expect us to
3: fly off into anything. Yeah, you know. yeah but they glide yeah, so. quite well, don't they? <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah, but not for
2: long enough. I think depends... that's the issue. <laughs> yeah. It depends yeah. on,
4: you know, some of, some of those, uh, you know, yeah. uh, opt out dra- drafts, downdrafts can do nasty things to the wings, and then gliding is not an option. <laughs> no, well,
2: <there's laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, he, you know, to I've be been fair, he probably. In the prob-
0: world of having to fly regardless, too yeah. Correct. Well, yes. Yeah. As, opposed flying... <laughs> yeah, as opposed to flying versus private. As
2: opposed to flying when it's safe. You know, but <laughs> boring. <laughs> I know. But
6: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, I was coming back last weekend, and I had looked at the weather and everything, and there was a front off my path by about fifty miles, and it wasn't moving that fast. I was like, okay, well, I've got enough space to go, and I get to the Florida Georgia line, and there was just a random cloud. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go through that. Five seconds later, I can't see because the lightning and it would just started up, and I was like, "Oh, I need, I need ten right, please." You know, so it's stuff like that you can't plan for, and that's that's why you don't really want to go flying through any kind of thunderstorms or even you know forecasted thunderstorms because you just, especially if you don't have onboard weather radar, you can't find it, and until it comes in front of you and almost hits you.
0: Well, of course... Sort yeah, of, it has a th- tendency to pull
2: the wings off as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. boring. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I know, I know there are occasions, especially at Stansted here, where, I mean, we've, we've had a bit of a run of thunderstorms. Nothing like what you guys get in the States, and certainly not anything like what you get out in Australia. But we've had a couple of sort of, like, you know, mile pockets of thunderstorms, and it is enough to, like, make aeroplanes get diverted to all sorts of places. I, I know I know, Owen got diverted to, like, East Midlands because they wouldn't let him land at Stansted because of the weather and things like that. So it, it can affect the bigger ones too, sometimes you know Captain Nick
0: <laughs> yeah I must have been I was heading into New York last trip and uh, there was a, a fairly large storm front coming in with a lot of embedded uh, uh, thunderstorms, and uh, we were like racing this one that was heading for jFK, so we wanted to get in just to, obviously before it arrived because our diversions were on the other side of it <laughs> you never want to divert go, going through a thunderstorm that's are not like ideal and there were There were big bolts coming out of this thing because the sun had just set, and uh, it was an impressive light show, and it was you know, literally two or three miles off the uh, off the airfield, and it does uh, sort of concentrate the mind but i 've been Struck so many times now <laughs> by lightning that yeah, I don't really worry too much about right. it. Right,
4: okay. You should have okay. curly hair, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I used used to be dark. You know? <laughs> yeah. is that, is, I can say, is that where the white
4: hair came from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. second one was the beard. The third one was the moustache. Yeah, we're not talking about I'm the beard.
2: We're not talking about the beard. We're moving away from the
0: beard. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the, the fourth one, you know, obviously affected hair elsewhere in my body. So all right. You know, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and again, I'm moving like, on. I'm feeling like an albino now. You know. <laughs> And Lee so, ladies and gentlemen, it. it's time to get comfortable.
2: Uh, right. right, anyway. We, <laughs> okay. need to, we, need to, we, we need to start. Nick to terrifies you. us with yet Fam- more stories. Um, right, okay. Can so... Who started playing that music? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, for some reason, so, it's our chosen music for Patreon. Uh, I am not. I shall never quite understand what was going through Carlos's mind at the time when this particular oh, I track I, I I, I yeah. <laughs> was... I just wanted to have some comfortable music. Right, for, Yes. Um, yeah. Patreon, yeah, so. pipe slippers, that sort of thing, yeah. Right. So, no. Something relaxing on television We better uh, do some news oh, here okay, alright, okay I mean, uh,
1: Steph's waiting She's got to go and do a 468,000 mile run No, so no doubt, isn't. indeed uh, so. I mean,
3: 469,000 Oh, sorry, Close.
2: sorry I can
4: tell you there you see, yeah, She doesn't you want to lose just... another
2: toenail, you know No. <laughs> no, no. Oh. okay Right, oh, dear. okay
1: <laughs> I love it. Right. Anyway, so um, we'll start the show. With that, I suppose as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Uh, yes, I am. And if you're ready, everyone joining us via Skype.
5: <laughs> ready. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, kicking off this week's first news story, then, this one is on the standard.co.uk website. Oh, it's, oh. it's a story that I is think is... Is that the is, one that George
4: Osborne edits? No, um, oh, I don't know.
1: It's, <laughs> it's a paper, anyway, I'm not right. uh, The story I thought was quite appropriate for you, actually, Matt. The headline is, Monarch has
2: launched an airline menu to help... Nervous flyers. Ooh, what has it got, like, what, diazepam or something in the food?
5: <laughs>
4: no, not quite. No. <laughs> so the uh, the
1: low-cost carrier has teamed up with the top food psychologist to help ease in-flight fears. Right. If you're the type of person that loves to go on holiday, I think you are, Matt, right. but <laughs> dreads the thought of having to take a flight on a 757-757. Two hundred, yes, especially uh, yes. to get your to your destination. And new yep. especially if it's being fly
2: by United, <laughs> oh, but right. we did, did I mention that like, <clears> I didn't no have a very in- good experience? No, more right. Right. no, no. So it's in like in-flight as, as
4: Visha mentions that uh, Tiger owes a, a refund. Right. Oh. <laughs> so
1: low-cost airline Ra- uh, Monarch, as her team does, right, with, <laughs> a, with a food psychologist to create an experimental snack box right. with ingredients <laughs> that sorry. are specifically designed to de-stress nervous flyers, Professor. Charles Spence has worked with Heston Blumenthal on some of his most (laughs) creative menus and has helped the uh, carrier revamp their in-flight menu with a spread of mood-boosting (laughs) foods that goes far beyond the usual soggy egg sandwiches and congealed fruit puddings. The menu food, which is currently being trialled on several flights, serves up a series of clever snacks to quell the anxieties experienced at different moments throughout the flight. Prior to take-off, passengers will be treated to an unusual... um, Funny, strange word. Echinacea. <laughs> That's Echinacea. weird, that one. <laughs> and licorice ice cream as a late Ew. night last night which uh, aims right. to boost immunity right. after Monarch found that 39% of Brits get ill when travelling the black colour of the ice cream is <laughs> certainly counterintuitive most passengers who think of white or pale colours with, oh, with ice cream Professor Spence told the Telegraph this may also help distract passengers from their chaotic journey whilst also surprising them and playing into childlike nostalgia hmm. while in the air black- Ice cream? Yeah, they're
4: trying for the goths, mate. Yeah. <laughs> while,
1: while in the air, flyers can tuck into something uh, uh, soothing: rice cakes, <laughs> soothing rice cakes, okay, right. powdered with lavender. Yeah, I like that, which <laughs> <What>? enhances relaxation <laughs> and sleep quality. While a green tea infusion—never okay. a great fan of right. green tea. No, there's nothing wrong with green tea. It's packed antioxidants for a double boost of immunity. Passengers will wash it down with a chamomile and fennel seed and kelp tea.
2: Right. Wow. <laughs> That okay. is kind of interesting. Uh, uh, the, I mean, I mean, frankly, I, I'm going to interrupt you there because this story is ridiculous. Frankly, as a nervous stop. flyer, I don't really care what, you know... Like, if, if you want to help nervous flyers, I don't know, pour Rehypnol over it or something like that. Just, like, just knock them out. <laughs> it's fine. That's the best thing you can do with nervous flyers is, is you know, put them in a coma, frankly. <laughs> Speaking for myself, I, I didn't mean Rehypnol at all, did I? No, this is... <laughs> 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 this is, uh... A <laughs> uh, oh, food dear.
4: psychologist. Uh, yes, Mr. Beetroot, please uh, sit on the couch and tell me about the problem you've had with your tubers. Yeah. <laughs> like a food psychologist, it just has connotations.
2: <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know, it's very weird. It's it, very, very it weird. Kind of... I mean, you know, just drug them. That's the that's the only way to get, you know, like make them very relaxed and chilled out. That's that's the I mean, best yeah. to
3: I food. think we already have that food group. It's called alcohol. Ah. Yeah, I was about yeah
6: to say
4: just put up a bar on <laughs> yeah, well, there. The... <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doc- the tranquilizer uh, trolley. Hello. Steph, <laughs> Steph,
1: you are you are the you are the doctor on the show here today. Yes, so, I yes. mean, are there any any particular foods that are incredibly calming apart from
3: ice cream? So, I should Preface this by saying I am the world's worst nutritionist. Uh, Um, My medical degree did not give any yeah yeah yeah. any uh, nutritional knowledge to me. So um, no, I I don't know. Um, You know, echinacea and chamomile and that stuff all sounds like stuff that's supposed to be soothing. Lavender. Yeah. I don't know that there's any science at all behind it. No, no, um, it's, it's this well, sort of. I was thing, curious. You didn't. You didn't quite get to the umami-rich mushroom and tomato. Oh, oh my bar. apologies. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm
2: so sorry. I interrupted. Wait, mindless <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was very interested in that one, actually. But... Yeah, I, I, I've got to
4: say, every single thing on this menu would have me going, "Yeah, no." Yeah, you know, <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah <it's>
5: just not <laughs> happening. Yeah, the box is a nice I, color, oh, though, to be fair. Is it? Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Probably, probably more, more edible than half the stuff <laughs> <of> you are serving. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, there is a lot to be said for that. Oh, so moving swiftly <laughs>
1: on to the next story which as always is Sorry, uh, Matt's favorite uh, favorite uh, airline.
2: My favorite airline. Yes. Uh, so this is uh, from the cosmopolitan.com and the headline is Ryanair's Bank Holiday Flash Sale. Uh, to celebrate the Bank Holiday weekend Ryanair is offering super cheap flights on many of its popular Europe routes as part of its latest flash sale. I didn't realize you we were doing advertising for Ryanair. Bank Holiday weekend. This is very exciting. Uh, Named the Great British Takeoff, oh dear. (laughs) dear. Uh, (laughs) We see, uh, we see what you did there. The low-budget airline is selling seats from nine. £9.99 one-way on over 100 journeys to and from the UK. Uh, The flights depart from a number of airports across the UK, including London, Stansted, Edinburgh, Manchester, East Midlands and Bristol, and the choice of destinations features popular holiday spots like Nice, Oslo, Copenhagen, uh, Mallorca, Barcelona, Uh, and the one-way ticket price gets closer to £30 on some routes, depending on the date of travel. But a return flight to France's, is is it Baritz? Baritz. Yes. Where it's for under sixty pounds is still pretty da- a pretty damn good deal. As mm. with most good things in life, there is a
0: catch. Really? Mm. What with Ryanair? Oh a catch. Yeah. Yeah, the flight out is nine oh. ninety nine. the flight home is £500. Quid. <laughs> really for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the catch in this
2: case is that you must be able to travel between the 1st of November and uh, to the 31st of January 2018. So it's not too bad. And if you want to, to make most of the offer, you'll need to be quick. Flights must be booked by midnight on Monday, the 28th of Ooh. August. So uh, the bank holiday weekend well, is here. And uh, to put the icing on the cake, we've launched the Great British Takeoff. I see what you did there. Seat, Seat sale. sale. with fares, starting. Starting from just £9.99 for travel between between, uh, November and January, Ryanair's Robin Keeley said, "I won't read any more of that cause it's basically I, I tried
1: last books. night when I found a story, and I went on my website last night hmm. or this morning, sorry, the yeah. early hours of this morning. Yes, yes. And uh, I couldn't find. I I tried different times, everything, yeah, and yeah, I couldn't
2: yeah. find a nine ninety nine flight. So okay. I I'm looking in the right place, but yeah. I I, I I know from when uh, a, a certain friend of ours who who has something to do with low cost airlines. Mm. Uh, I know you have to look in very specific places to be able yeah. to find them. You have to I know tried. you have to know where you're looking to find the. the but I love, I love, but the the they are, yeah, there." To be fair, the ad they've got on
1: their Twitter page—the <clears> the, the, uh, bank holding Bonanza yeah. ad—and it's all looking lo- lovely and shiny. Great British yeah. Takeoff, nine ninety nine, and in tiny, 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 tiny type mm. set is terms and conditions apply. Ooh, yes, there's a shock. Well,
4: yeah, yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I like, know there shouldn't yeah. be any.
1: No, never. No, no terms
0: and conditions No terms ever. and conditions. No, but I'll, I might have a go again later and see yeah, if I can okay. find one of these. Because nine,
1: nine, a 10 are well, uh, be good. Owen
0: in the uh, chat room says, if you click on the advert at the top of the website, you'll see all of them. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, that's a that's a bit organised, isn't, isn't it?
4: it?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
4: you've just it's got to fly up three a.m. on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. That's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, there is that. And fly yes. home. Fly home the minute you get there.
2: Well,
5: yeah. 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 I mean, when when I, when Stated I went credits when I yeah, when I when I
2: went when I went with Owen to Toulouse, we more or less did that. We came back the following morning, so it wasn't it wasn't so bad. We went we went went like in the afternoon and then came back the following day, so that, that wasn't too bad, but. Uh,
1: yeah, quite nice. So moving swiftly on Indeed. to the yep. next story, and um, who is up next? I've got the show notes here. We go. Good. On, so,
3: Doctor Steph. Yeah.
1: This is a war story.
3: All right. This um, one is from the. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who picked out these uh, articles for which person? Anyway. Uh, Carlos. Um... Yes. <laughs> next question. <laughs> next question. So this is from the USA Today uh, And this is, another airline says goodbye to the Boeing 747 passenger jet. So, sad. (laughs) Oh, it's sad. So, um, (laughs) Taiwan, another airline has said uh, its final goodbye to the Boeing 747 passenger jet. That came Monday as Taiwan-based Eva Air retired its last passenger version of the jumbo jet in Taipei. Throngs of aviation enthusiasts gathered in Hong Kong to join the airplane for its final flight to Eva's Taipei headquarters. Pressed against the glass, they snapped photos and traded stories with one another while waiting to board. Uh, this is part of the reason I joined the aviation industry," said passenger Benjamin Tui, of Hong Kong, we, before getting uh, we, before boarding <laughs> the jet. Uh, Benjamin worked as a loadmaster on the jet, and Eva 747s were some of the first airplanes he serviced. On the flight deck, uh, Captain Dave Gross and First o- First Officer Ali Shu. We're uh, readying the airplane for its final departure, but found it tough to get any work done thanks to the never-ending queue of passengers hoping to pay them a visit. <laughs> Was Carlos on this flight?
5: Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
3: flyers packed the airplane's cozy upper deck and clogged the stairwell in the moments before pushback and taxi. Visitors snapped photos, posed for selfies, and asked the two pilots to sign all manner of memorabilia which they thought was a little bit crazy. (laughs) Um, That chaotic chaotic vibe continued once airborne. Within moments of the seatbelt sign turning off, passengers flooded the aisles, galleys, and even the laboratories. Odd. It was it um, all the part of laboratory. <laughs> that's that's, that's not something you want on a flight. <laughs> Who edited this story? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> all part of an effort to take in as much, <clears throat> excuse me, of Eva's uh, 747 as they could. Flight attendants hurried about the jet as they worked to complete a meal service for all 370 passengers on the short one-hour 17-minute flight. <clears throat> After landing, enthusiasts rifled through seat-back pockets for unclaimed safety cards, taking them as unofficial mementos <laughs> of the experience.
2: Free stuff!
1: Align
3: yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh. sighs> once again formed for the two pilots, uh, though this time down the down on the main deck. For a jet that has served many airlines since the 1970s, uh, especially in Egypt, Eva's the 25-year run is comparatively short. But the addition of the plane to their fleet in 1982 enabled the then fledgling airline to spread its wings on trans-pacific routes that had previously been beyond its reach. They added Los Angeles first in late 1992 before expanding to New York and Seattle the following year and went on to serve 28 cities in its uh, oh, their 747s went on to serve 28 cities in its tenure with the company. Uh, just a little bit more here. Uh, You've also used the plane's unique size to roll out one of the first premium economy cabins in the industry, making it one of the first with four classes of service, so first, business, premium, economy, and economy. Um, When the airline cut first class from its jets, they installed economy seats on the airplane's considerably considerably more private-feeling upper deck, a perk almost exclusively limited to business class passengers on most airlines. As for Monday's retirement, it comes roughly two years after the airline retired its fleet of 747-400 copy Jets, a variant of the plane that could hold both passengers and freight on the main deck. Uh, the airline will continue to use its fleet of 747 cargo jets until 2019. Uh, so, yeah, no, see, it's, it's, uh, This story, this story makes good. Nick happy, I think. <laughs> Any 747
0: experts out there? I'm just curious, uh, the Combi, does it have a reinforced uh, floor that uh, allows it to carry cargo? I think uh, so. On, in which case, when it's in the passenger config, you're carrying around all that unnecessary weight of a reinforced floor when you've only actually yep. got passenger seats there? Hmm.
5: Pretty
4: much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't sound <laughs> like a brilliant idea, I think.
4: Well, it is if you're trying to switch between freight and, uh, and passengers. So most Combi aircraft have that scenario where you're trying to – if you had pure freight, well, how are you going to fly passengers? If you had pure passengers, how are you going to fly the freight? It's the worst of two worlds, but it, it at least lets you get a
0: couple of aircraft out of one. I guess, guess it's the problem the 74 had of having such a tiny cargo uh, space underneath. I mean, the 34600 <laughs> has got a considerably larger um... cargo deck than a 747. Hey, I, I, I had the privilege <laughs> – <laughs> nice facial expression. Right. I had the, the privilege of
4: uh, being taken all through a couple of Qantas 747 300s and 400s to compare the differences. And yeah, okay, the 340 may have the bigger cargo deck, but uh, wow, it's still pretty dang huge underneath the uh, passenger deck. Mm. That's for sure. Apparently, Glenn
1: was saying in the chat room that the Royal New Zealand Air Force have a 757 combi.
5: Ooh.
2: Yeah, I'm not keen on yeah. the
5: 757. Did there's... I mention that?
3: Yeah, there's <laughs> combi versions of various aircraft. So yeah,
5: so I, I've done the uh, i the
6: 737 7, combi on 7, the last flight, and it's only as like 70, people 70 people on the back, on the back and enough for 303 uh, of the, the cargo wheels up front. So it's it's still a good size um, space for passengers yep. in the back.
4: Okay. You well, know, the, the the Kiwi Royal New Zealand Air Force 757 was generally referred to on the um, when I was working ground at Avalon as Sheepshack, but uh, <laughs> they they did a very spirited performance with that. It looked incredible. Uh, if you ever get the chance, get on YouTube, and look for RNZAF or RNZAF depending on where you're from, uh, 757 display, and the sound of that thing coming past with those engines cranking, they were they were really pushing it at low level. It was very spectacular. Um, so, yeah, look, the uh, the 747, she's getting long in the tooth, even the 400 ERs. Uh, the Dash 8 is not doing very well. No. Uh, I don't think that's entirely due to the market. I think uh, the fact that they can't put fuel in the horizontal stabilizers of the uh, passenger one due to wing flutter, that's contributed. Oh. It's knocked about 350 to 400, oh, yeah, about 350 nautical miles off its range. Wasn't quite getting the uh, fuel burn performance that it was supposed to, but they've they've done updates um, to try and fix it. And uh, Nick, I'm agnostic. I like all of them. Um, I love the A380 and uh, Airbus aircraft. I also quite like Boeing, but my favourite's the Embraer E190, the Jungle Jet. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, it's all awesome. Nick's face. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I rest my case. Okay.
3: <laughs> Nick was he was speechless yeah. there momentarily. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This but this was, was
2: truly
0: a gracious
2: day.
6: Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a really nice airplane. Um, the what's that fellow's name? Uh, Tyler Perry. The I guess he's an actor yep. for the media movies and produces movies. But he has a E one ninety private jet. Uh, he keeps it at an airport up above my house, and it, it's actually a really really nice airplane. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, just even even as a standard passenger jet, you've got uh, like nice leather seats. Most of them have, and they're two two seats per side. There's no middle seat, so you're not sitting like this, feeling like you have got less space than an Apollo <laughs> astronaut, and <laughs> uh, which you generally do. And especially um, most of the modern seats, you if you're in the middle, you actually have less space than some astronauts used to. But yeah. uh, yeah, look, it's uh, it's good. The windows are at the right height. You're not like in a 737 or an Airbus. You're sort of doing this to look at them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's. The, I have a lot of time for the 190 but, uh, you know, I, I love all the aircraft. Uh, there's beauty in the A380 in its way. It's going to look fantastic if they ever put the plug in to stretch it out. That wing can carry so much when you see it from above. Um, you know, it's, it's a shame that most airlines aren't going for the four engines. They think two's fine, but... If the temperatures keep going up, they discover that the twin-engine aircraft can't carry as much passenger cargo and fuel uh, and still be safely operating out of the uh, airports and the heat. So whereas a four-engine aircraft can, you know, st- if you have an engine failure on takeoff, you've still got three to get you into the air, whereas on a twin-engine, you've only got one. So you have to have these massive engines mm. or get rid of people, cargo fuel. Wow. And talking about the Airbus yeah, A380, Nick,
2: yours is the next story. Oh, yeah. You haven't given me a 380 story <laughs> How is that segue? Yeah, I, I, that, oh, right. that, that, that was okay.
0: award-winning, Carlos. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> right, well, this is from Reuters, uh, that well-known uh, news uh, provider, who says, uh, first uh, A380 parked uh, amid search for new operator. So it, uh, oh, okay, sounds like the... The old uh, big uh, dolphin, duck, whatever you like to call it, is uh, headed out What we do that. So, Singapore, Paris, Reuters uh, say that the first Airbus A380 super jumbo to fly passengers almost a decade ago has been taken out of service by Singapore Airlines, highlighting a debate over the future of the world's largest airliners. Singapore Airlines has already said it plans to hand back the first A380 to a German leasing company rather than extend its 10-year lease. The move focused attention on slack demand for the 500. 44-seat double-decker and raised the prospect that some could be headed for the breakup yard, casting a pall over celebrations to mark the airliner's 10 years of service in October. So, confirming a report in flightglobal.com, Singapore Airlines said it had parked the aircraft ahead of the transfer back to its owner. Its last commercial flight was in London, oh, sorry, to London in June. It is correct that the aircraft has been removed from service a, uh, ahead of its return to the lessor uh, or the LESA, in October, the spokesman said. We're not in a position to comment on what is planned for the aircraft after its return. The owner of the aircraft, Dortmund-based uh, the Dr. Peters Group, and Airbus both declined to comment. The gentleman owner says he's in hot talks with several entities some of which will be from the planet Earth, who may be interested in the first aircraft, one of four due to come back from Singapore Airlines in, uh, up to June next year. Uh, in total, the assets manager owns nine of them, including five leased to Air France. Uh, these have been financed, and so I don't think we're really interested in that. Uh, <laughs> Singapore Airlines continues to take delivery of new A380s, which will be fitted at upgraded cabins. So it's retiring some old ones, but it's still taking new ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if perhaps they're getting a better financial deal on the new ones than it is uh, holding up the lease costs of the old of ones. The so craft, that might be uh, part of this.
6: Not quite. Plus, you don't the have to one... have the uh, current aircraft out of service either when you're reconfiguring your cabin. You can just say, oh, you can have it back now and not have to worry about taking it out of service to change out the configuration.
5: Yeah.
4: The other bit, the other bit is that the newer ones get better fuel burn. Uh, they've had the upgrades that allow them to carry heavier weights, uh, so for the same frame, you, the newer ones can carry more uh, either fuel or packs or whatever that kind of thing, and get a slightly better fuel burn per uh, revenue passenger kilometre. Yeah, so that's interesting.
0: I I think their market in Singapore uh, haven't been doing brilliantly, but I think their uh, business model probably only allows them to operate a certain number of these on particular routes. So uh, if it may be economic for them to get rid of some and pick up the new ones that are coming in, and as uh, Grant says, they're probably more capable. Um, However. that in turn weighs on fragile demand for the new aircraft. Well that's that's yeah that's been on the cars for a long time. Anyone who builds four engine, big four-engine airliners uh, has been struggling, uh, which has uh, twice forced Airbus to reduce production. Uh, does it mention there that uh, Boeing have done the same? Yes, US mm-hmm. rival yep. Boeing disagrees and stopped forecasting demand for very large four engine airplanes such as the A380 and its uh, own 747 8. Yeah, they haven't sold many of those except perhaps to a few cargo uh, operators. Uh, Airbus does insist that the 380 does have a future due to congestion and predicts 5% of aircraft delivered over the next 20 years will be in the same category. Well, that was kind of the concept, wasn't it? Because uh, airports like, for example, Heathrow, where they're running at 98% uh, capacity, mm. the only way to move more passengers in is to have an aircraft capable of carrying more passengers since you can't generate more landing slots. I don't know if that's common around the world, mm. but certainly congestion was the one of the driving factors for building uh, the 380 but but yeah. I don't think it's quite worked as they expected, and certainly uh, the aircraft is not as economic as they hoped.
6: I think some of the Chinese airlines use them in a regional configuration that have something like 820 seats in them. There
4: was there was a there were a French, I think it was a French carrier operating in in some of the holiday destinations was going to do that. Um, I don't know that any of the Chinese are doing that at the moment. But, uh, you yeah, know, look, you can get over 800 seats onto that and still meet the 90-second evacuation requirements. Wow. It's all economy. And it's... it's we're, um, Malaysian Airlines is thinking about taking a couple of their A380s and turning them into Hajj buses for people doing the pilgrimage to Mecca. Uh, Malaysia having a large Muslim population as well.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, so there's 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 that kind of angle to it It's that wing will lift a heck of a lot of weight and if you take out a lot of the fittings and don't worry too much about cargo then yeah the 800 600 to 800 passengers is not impossible in that so Uh, But, yeah, Nick, you're right. I think Airbus were thinking they were going to get a lot more slot-constrained airports. Uh, We haven't seen that hit in the U.S. yet. Um, U.S. airlines continue to book more aircraft than the tarmac can actually handle (laughs) and then worry and and complain about why it is that uh, they get delays and cancellations and Apparently that's all the, pro- the fault of not having privatised uh, give it away um, ATC, but that's another story.
5: Oh no! Oh, no no no! <laughs> danger! About danger! About <laughs> I think Stephen and I there, have a few sorry. things to say about it. Do you? Okay, well, do you feel free
2: to uh, to uh,
1: discuss. <laughs> so have we have we all uh, have we all had the chance to fly on the three hundred and eighty guys? Yes. No, uh,
5: never yeah, never. I have. Yeah.
0: No, I mean uh, I I was uh, Emirates down the back is very comfortable uh, ride in the 380. Uh, I've, I've been down to Australia twice on it from uh, Dubai, oh, wow. and uh, yeah, it's I mean it's not a it's not a luxurious uh, trip uh, when you're uh, in economy but uh, it's it's a, quite a spacious airplane, it has a, a nice feeling of space, isn't it? no claustrophobia attached to it, and they haven't crammed the seats in as tight as they could have done, so uh, you, you, you're you reasonably comfortable for a 10 uh, or 11 hour flight, I, I didn't mind it at all. E-
3: even yeah, I agree finals. with that, but Business class was excellent as well. Oh, oh, right, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's just, no, I mean, did both. I did business class and uh, economy. So yeah, that's that's okay. those, and, and economy that's was
5: very nice. I was, yeah. impressed. <laughs> was, nice. I was
0: yeah. impressed. I should have gone to medical school.
1: She just <laughs> she <laughs> just waves <laughs> waves that Miss World
0: crown. Well, and, that's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Right. So please, come please, on, yeah. Zick.
4: You're up the front. You're in seat zero A. What are you
1: complaining
0: about? <laughs> you get the best view. Well, I sometimes do. You're quite right. Yeah.
1: Dare I say it? The best one I had was actually. Funnily enough, on a Qantas A38. <laughs> <me? Right, okay. laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I know. Sorry, Grant. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, and again, neatly
2: segueing to the next story, uh the uh Grant, uh we've yeah. a story uh, uh, involving Qantas for you. It it's it's like right. we planned it this rubbish, you know. Region.
5: It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You guys
4: actually put some thought into
2: this. Who knew? No, no, I didn't. No no no, okay.
5: that's down to Carlos. I <laughs> can I take I can take <laughs> no credit for that. <laughs> Well,
4: here we go with something that links into what I just saw go past in the live chat. I'm sorry. I'm way behind on the live chat, and I can't type in it. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, Qantas to conquer, last frontier of commercial flight within five years. Ooh. And uh, this is Alan Joyce, perhaps having an O'Leary moment about trying any news is good news. <laughs> um, Although yeah. admittedly he's yeah. not doing it for paper, paper for use toilets or things like right. standing okay. room only, <laughs> what he's actually talking about is non-stop between London and Sydney by 2022. Oh, wow. uh, as you may know, uh, Qantas are introducing non-stop Perth to London when they get their 787-9s. Um, but the, the, what they're talking about here is the flight between the glamour capitals. What? London and Sydney, glamour cap anyhow, yeah. uh, would take 20 hours and according to the airline will slash three hours off the fastest current trips that incorporate stops in places such as Hong Kong, Singapore or Dubai. The airline said it will now spend a week, oh, sorry, a year working with engineers on both Boeing's 777X and Airbus's A350 airbu- aircraft to develop technology that will allow the trip. I mean both those aircraft could do it right away but you'd have to take out so many seats and stuff it would not, look, not be uh, financially viable. But uh, speaking after positive company results, Qantas CEO Alan Joyce described London to Sydney as the last frontier of commercial aviation. He also touted New York and Paris as possible non-stop destinations. John Strickland, direct, sorry, director at JLS Consulting, told CNBC Friday that a 20-hour direct journey to Sydney or Melbourne from London would generate high fares for the airline. Uh, he's saying they're not going to put in as many seats as they could. It's going to be about 235 seats. That means even in economy there will be more space, so I think they will get a price premium because people do just want want to get the journey done with no stop. It's not for anyone, he added. I think that analyst needs to go and have a look at the uh, Qantas 787-9 seating plan because uh, they're not exactly going to be that roomy in economy on the Hmm. Dash 9. You're going to be doing a massive London-Perth non-stop in Squished conditions in the back. It's not. It's not as bad as Jetstar with their 787-8 that has 335 passengers and aircraft that Boeing sells for 240 or so. But that's another thing. Um, so um, yeah, he he reckons there'll be more space because they won't put as many on. But that being said, it's still going to be squeezy in economy because they've got to get as much out. So um, yeah, they're talking about doing the uh, Perth to Australia uh, to Sydney. Sorry, Perth to. London, a distance of just over 7,829 nautical miles, or 14,500 kilometres. So, um, yeah, look, this is, I mean, this has always been quite dreams of it. For the, the very start of the kangaroo route, where you were going from London to Sydney uh, with hops and sleepovers and took five days and all that kind of stuff to when you could start doing it with a, a two or three stops and a one stop. They've been wanting to get – this is their holy grail because then they can just cut out the the people in the middle and not have a stop in Dubai, as was being said. You can just go direct. And, yeah, look, I don't see it being impossible. I think 2022 is probably achievable. Uh, like I said, they could do it right now, but the cost would be so high, no one would do it or uh, to do it at normal costs, it wouldn't make them any money. So they're not far from it at the moment. Uh, what do you reckon, Nick? <laughs>
0: Uh oh! <laughs> Sorry, Matt, I was, wasn't listening. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> checked out and you heard polling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nah, I, uh, I just think uh, um, Airbus need to be the only aircraft manufacturer in the world because then we'll get it right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Indeed. Hey, the
4: 1850 years night, nice. so I, I did... Have you been on the cockpit of the A350 and? and
0: no, no, we haven't. We haven't got an actual airframe on the company yet, uh, and I won't get to fly it anyway because uh, no. I just don't have enough uh, years left. So, when, <laughs> when we get it, I only have like six months left in the company. So, uh, oh, but no. I haven't. Uh, I haven't actually been up the front of one, but uh, I've seen pictures, and the pictures look very nice. I mean, it looks like yeah. a great airplane. But let's let's uh, let's just remind ourselves: it's an airliner. It's not very exciting. I don't know. There's the hatch
4: just behind the the captain's seat, which you lift inside the cockpit, and you can go down into the um, computer, like the brains of the aircraft. And the hatch was open, so I got to stuck my stick my head in and have a look around. And oh wow, it's pretty impressive in there. From the IT geek, aviation geek world, it's like ooh, (laughs) the two merged.
0: That sounds just like the 340. We've got a hatch (laughs) there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah. yeah,
4: Same Um,
0: concept. Isn't uh, that no.
6: the go down there to reset the circuit breakers when your computer acts up?
3: I think you just go down and you turn it off and turn it back on. Oh, okay. right? Yeah, there's just <laughs> one big uh, button
0: down
6: uh, there. On. One is big Control
0: we, we, we...
4: delete your place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> to be to be fair, the ultimate is called re-racking the computer. And I remember pushing out of uh, back out of Sydney and we couldn't uh pressurize the airplane, get the air conditioning going. Uh, and uh we traced the fault, and it was to the uh the door position indicator computer,
5: oh. um,
0: which uh, for some reason uh, had decided that all the doors were open when they were all closed. <laughs> right. And um, so it it had just... And then uh, we tried to do a reset in the cockpit, and uh, it just got stuck in bike mode. And everyone was uh, uh, boiling. I mean, it's, sitting, oh, it's yeah. a hot yeah, summer's day. Yeah. We've got no air conditioning. Everyone's just cooking down the back. And in the end, I said... Uh, we got to go back uh, uh on the gate and um and get this fixed and the engineer came on and he said uh oh, i've got my spares mate i'll i'll re-rack it so uh <laughs> he uh, yeah he went we shut down he went down was, into the bowels Was the Australian basically yeah. <laughs> pulled the computer out of its rack and there was this <laughs> great crash as he slammed it back in again <laughs> right and they said try it now mate <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> We pushed back and hey, fired like- up, and they worked <laughs> like a treat. Really, <laughs> at, so least, at least
4: it's easier. At least it's easier to reboot the F eighteen Hornet, the classic, the double Jenny, double Jenny
0: tap, <laughs> <laughs> where you reset the generators. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, anything that just kind of starts it off again, because these things yeah. are usually a software glitch, and uh, yeah, uh, so once you get it back running again, it thinks it's. I'm fine
5: I'm yeah,
2: good well. there we are so i just need to know cuz one somebody the plain talking uk podcast has just posted in the chat room that it was quick and nasty terrible australian service for, for qantas i don't know <laughs> uh, but, but none of us genuinely have any idea which one of us has posted it owen says it, it, was wasn't, me. Him. <laughs> it wasn't me wasn't <laughs> me so no, i'm in
0: there under my own name somebody's logged in as
2: video. us this is really scary and it's Someone's or is it you? you it's you oh, oh, me. it's not it wasn't no, me no, no. <laughs> no. i i reckon it's that mr Bounce. Fellow, you yeah, know. did you did yes. you
3: give uh Surnev uh yeah. Yeah. credentials and access to the...
2: Yes, we like we, we might have done. Um,
5: yeah. <laughs> oh, there's your first... That was first. where
2: yeah. ended. Just <laughs> Well, no, because Owen, Owen does a lot of the editing for me, because I, I, I've got computer issues we won't go into, but um, <laughs> I was blaming him for it, but apparently it wasn't him. so I don't know what that is. Anyway, very good. Whichever one of it was <laughs> that said that was... Very good. Well done. Very good. Uh, actually, so. on the subject of computers and rebooting our stuff, I noticed that somebody was saying that apparently the Delta cookies are very, very good. No the Qantas cookies. Oh, oh but um but yeah, I, I assume they mean lovely. obviously the the browser cookies you know that oh, not oh. not actual cookies.
1: No I I love oh, I love the on. Qantas cookies. Oh, I, I ate yeah. so many of those on my phone. I am back a from geek. Dubai.
2: I'm just not as aviation geeky as you. <laughs> just that like, you know. The thing of it is, anyway, they put the, they put them I in big, eat, big big tubs, and you just help yourself. Right. I, I spent
1: most of my time down the back end of the A380, just p- filling that. That's my pockets, what she's filling, filling my pockets
2: with uh, Qantas
4: airline cookies. Sp-
2: spending some time with d-
4: Carlos. That- that doesn't reduce the, the total all-up weight of the aircraft. You're, <laughs> You're not helping the weight <laughs> platform. You're
0: not get, reducing the fuel burn. No. Right. Unfortunately, no. until we work out how to jettison your poo overboard. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Then though, um, we're stuck with you. Morning, everyone. There's
4: a millionaire's yacht. Eject. Eject. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, so moving swiftly on oh, okay. to and the next I'll, story. I'll sure. and on, on that note, I've just... I'm just going to step away for a bit. I'll be right back. Sorry. Okay, right. If that's come up. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs>
5: fair enough. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so
4: next story
1: is, uh, moving on, is, uh, Stephen, it's your first story, and uh, this one is all for you to read.
6: All right. So um, a, uh, let's see. Uh, Charlotte man was arrested Wednesday at the Charlotte International Airport for bringing in a gun through the TSA checkpoint. He was stopped with a 45 caliber handgun just after 4 p.m., according to the TSA officials at the airport. Major Pierce IV, 31, uh, shows that he has a criminal history from Newport News for traffic violations and some other offenses. He was charged for possession of a firearm on city property. And uh, it goes on to say here, he was questioned, arrested on the local charge, carrying a weapon at airport property. Um, And it says the date TSA officials have found 36 firearms at the checkpoint at the uh, Charlotte airport. They go on to say there is a right way to travel with a firearm and a wrong way. Well, yeah, Um, the wrong (laughs) way is to bring it through the security checkpoint. Uh, passengers are permitted to travel with firearms and checked luggage. If they are unloaded, packed in a hard-sided case, locked, and packed separately from ammunition, then the firearm must be taken th- to the airline check-in counter. So, um, I did a little bit more digging into this because I yeah. know Atlanta also has a bad track record with this. Um, And according to last year's numbers, this is 2016, Mm. the Atlanta airport recovered 198 firearms. Wow. The Dallas airport recovered 192 firearms. And nationwide, they recovered 3,391 in screenings at the TSA checkpoint, of which... 83% 83% Yeehaw. of those guns <laughs> were it. loaded. So, loaded See, means one so in the chamber. I, I suppose... <laughs> could, I <don't> <laughs> million, so,
0: how many, What was that? Yeah. Say
6: that again. How no. many were um, loaded? Yeah, loaded. That means you have one in the chamber. Yeah, but so how, how many were loaded?
5: Uh, 83% of the
2: three percent are well up the Yes. So, uh, America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, so, this is the crazy thing with this right. And, and I suppose it's because we we're, we're humble Brits here and and we we you know, you we, we to, take a spud gun. Yeah, absolutely. And and you still have to have a permit for it. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's rid- ridiculous. The the well not ridiculous. It's very sensible, I think personally, our gun laws here. And and it's just I can't imagine that anybody i can't
3: imagine anybody wanting to take their gun through security i just can't completely unsurprised by this and i'm sure steven's not surprised either i mean this is um, just
6: my my stepfather used to work at for the police at the uh, city of atlanta airport and uh, it was a day-to-day occurrence and um you know we have rather loose gun laws here in the states georgia in particular is uh Extremely loose,
5: right. so
6: they relaxed. I think is the term we like relaxed. Yeah we, yeah, we prefer the
2: term relaxed.
6: Southern businessmen that travel and they leave their um, carry in their briefcase or their backpack and they forget about it because they're just so busy. Um, so I know up until I think it was last year, you had to go spend night in jail sure. if you got caught at the airport for bringing your firearm through there because well you weren't supposed to so they actually changed the laws in georgia to where it allows now if you accidentally leave your gun in your bag when you're going through the checkpoint right. you can actually return to your car put it in your car and then go back through the checkpoint with no problem <laughs> whatsoever right i love but, it um, the, um, the problem gets to where um you have folks that have more than one gun in there and then it's like okay well you know you didn't purposely forget this so what are you going to do now but
5: this is. Just, um, I
6: don't
2: know. I mean, what? What? I'm going to ask uh, uh, Grant. You, what What are the rules in in Oz? I mean, if you've got things that are trying to kill you continuously in Australia, <laughs> I mean, presumably that, that that you know means that you're allowed one. <laughs> or
5: no.
4: A, God, no. we're tough down here, mate. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Well, you uh, just use a bat the, yeah. and a, a hit over the head with a stubby. You know. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Beer <laughs> <box>. <laughs> well, that sounds, uh, sounds look, cool. Look, the um, the Aussies have very very strict gun laws. Mm-hmm. Um, there in terms of you know, only can be used at uh, rifle ranges and things like that uh, friends of mine who shoot could give much better information, I, I, mm. I'm i not up on it, but uh, I've got way more chance of somebody attacking me with a bottle or a knife if they're nasty than a gun um, and I used to live in Boston every Monday morning, oh this many people died over the weekend from gunshots <laughs> and it's like wow if that yeah. happened in Australia for the whole of the dang country, we'd be having conniptions, Uh some guy went nuts with a gun in in Melbourne, um, shot one person, and it stopped the whole country. Really? You know, it's that kind <laughs> of thing. A... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. And, but, you know, the NRA in the US likes to say that Australia's gun laws are failing. Um, I cry blowing snow on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's not, not true at all. Uh, the the gun laws we've got are pretty full on, and it's, yeah, I, mean, I feel a lot safer. I,
2: Owen's actually just <laughs> said in the chat room, he said he knew a captain that once got, uh, that, he, that had his... Uh, uh, had got his kids my first nerf gun taken off him because he happened to <laughs> have nerf it with him <laughs> an actual nerf gun when he was trying you to go you mean the through. gun that fires foam that's the one yeah yeah well the little yeah, fir- yeah. The, the foamy yeah. things at uh, and again uh, oh, i i think we have the the dangerous. air s- Come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> So Some of them could
4: look quite realistic, too.
2: Well, yeah, I suppose I suppose there is that. And uh, the airstick, so I read this out with slight nervous and intrepidation, uh, says that the, U- the UK and US listeners can't understand gun culture the same way that the USA listeners don't understand why people here in London carry umbrellas everywhere. Uh, that's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, 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 they're secret service umbrellas. They've yeah, got
1: hidden, hidden guns inside. <laughs> uh, has has nobody... I
3: will say, I was very confused one time. I was going through um, Heathrow and I had my umbrella with me and Was it Heathrow or Dublin, I can't remember. Some place rainy, you know. That would be Dublin then,
2: Dublin, 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 definitely definitely Dublin.
3: Dublin. (laughs) It was whatever. I was flying between the two places. And um, I was like... They made me take the umbrella out of my bag and open it up and show it. I was like, what? It's an umbrella. Like,
2: yeah. <laughs> I know, but you see, have you, not, have, have
3: you not... have in the US. Like, They could care less about the umbrella going through have your... Have you
2: not seen K- Kingsman, though, you see? If you've oh, ever awesome watched film. Kingsman... I th- have
3: th- seen that movie. Well, years. there
2: we are, you see. And that's why you have to watch uh, a man mm. with a bowler hat carrying an umbrella because yes. they're basically secret service <laughs> agents. I knew so yeah. I should have come uh, back with my bowler hat. Quite right. So absolutely. Grant,
0: I spent quite a while flying in Australia with a loaded 9mm brown So uh, in the Australian Air Force, uh, whenever we flew more than halfway up the country, I forget which uh, line of latitude it was, but we used to, uh, the military guys would fly armed because
5: uh,
0: if we ejected uh, near the coast, uh, in fact, you don't have to be near the coast to find a crocodile, they're bloody everywhere. And uh, if you ejected and you came down and you were therefore in a bit of a survival situation until uh, someone could uh, bother to come out and fly a Huey out and pick you up. um, We used to have to defend ourselves against the crocodiles that might be there. And if you came down near water, I mean, I did a a lovely trip up uh, one of the... Uh, the rivers in the Northern Territories. Uh, the guy there was showing us there's a big crocodile about every hundred metres. Nice. Um, there's a good chance you're going to meet one if you're not careful. So, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the and, Aussie it, pilots used to say though that uh, this thing carried 11 rounds. You'd use 10 on the crocodile and then save the last one for yourself. Rock right, around. Right. Unlu- no. <laughs>
4: unlucky. Unlucky. Okay. Joyful. Yeah. Yeah. Because it yeah. I was, was going to say a Browning versus a crocodile. Yeah. Pick, 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 <laughs> yeah. Pick, pick. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's just, just, yeah Nine millimeter, but you <laughs> Stephen, so, you're gonna yeah, say there are people carrying weapons uh, so, uh, like once you get out into the countryside you can be licensed uh, carrying your, your rifles and all that when you're on the farm on properties, uh, up north, all that kind of stuff, yes. Uh, for defense and things and and for taking out uh, rabid roos, you know, we've got a, a roo culling situation <laughs> where you're licensed to go out and take them out.
0: A
3: rabbit yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So real, real quick. Um, speaking of the Charlotte Airport and other things that get confiscated at checkpoints, Uh-oh. there's actually a wine shop um, in in Charlotte that has a whole um, jar of corkscrews and other wine bottle opening devices that were all Uh-oh. confiscated at the Charlotte Douglas uh, TSA <laughs> checkpoints, and they sell them. Wow.
5: <laughs> they yeah. just get oh, donated nah. to
3: the shop, and then they sell them again for like two bucks. Nice. So well, yeah. I love it. Nice. Yeah
6: um i just wanted to point out one more thing too with this um gun thing you know here in the states we have a program that um, allows um, certain pilots that pass the um, background check and do the training to carry um firearms in the flight deck and i know um, there's been cases where those gentlemen have gotten in trouble because they've carried their firearm outside of when they were supposed to so that that probably plays into those numbers as well um i know there's certain times they're allowed to carry it and some you know if you're non-revving and things like that you're not really supposed to be carrying it with you unless you're coming i I don't think you're supposed to
0: carry it through through to paris for example i think that was the one we covered on the show Stephen. yeah yeah yeah, that (laughs) was
6: um when i was a uh, flight attendant we had a couple of guys that would carry theirs and um you know, it was always interesting going through security with them because they get carried off to somewhere else. They have to go through their own little check and everything. It was uh, its always interesting when you came across the pilot that was part of the program, mostly because you're yeah. kind of looking at them like, "Are, are you sane?" Or you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, it was yeah. that guy
4: who had the. It was the guy who accidentally fired his gun. Uh, they called it an accidental discharge or something like that on the cockpit. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> less, yeah. Well, hey, I'm that's not messy. the one who invents those phrases, but yeah, either way, like, right. yeah, uh, yeah. that caused some problems.
7: It's
2: just crazy. I, I mean, again, I mean, a lot of the chat room uh, chat has been uh, literally about like, mm. I mean, there, there are such big, I, I understand, I do understand like, you know, wanting to protect yourself. And, and, and there are some, sometimes where I do think perhaps rules in this country are a little bit too tight when it comes to uh, protecting your own. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know it's just, I suppose it's trying to find that fine line isn't it, between uh, that and but uh, again, uh, you, going back to the aviation thing, why, why would you try and take something that could do even if it accidentally went off uh, in your bag or, or whatever I mean, the, I mean, the damage that it could do to the aircraft that you're, you're flying in and, and all that kind of thing, I mean, surely uh, you know, a, a bullet going off is not great news inside an aluminium yeah. tube
6: No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But, you know, there, there's another aspect to this too. Too. you know we're mainly talking about commercial air travel you know you have a ton of ga flying here in the states um and you know i'm fairly certain most of the pilots that live in alaska and out in the remote areas out west are probably you know carrying a handgun themselves. and um we actually had uh the tsa come out to where i work just to go over some safety stuff um, for traveling or whatever but uh, I asked the guys, you know, it was like, what's keeping the GA pilot from, um, you know, landing over there at the FBO and then, you know, coming across, to go into the terminal? And he said,
0: nothing. It's like, oh, okay, that's good to know.
5: Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to
7: be
0: fair, you know, uh, I, I'm not a great one to comment on the gun laws in the States because it's your country and yeah. you guys no, you guys fair, yeah. have to make it work, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and I go over there a lot, but I, to be absolutely fair, I've never even seen anyone that is not in a uniform packing a gun yeah i mean yeah so, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty relaxed about it in, in the states quite yeah. honestly because all the years i've been going there never had a problem never even heard of a problem you get it on the news but it's like a lot of things yeah if you listen to every aviation uh news story you'd never fly well yeah. A, yeah, exactly no, point, but... exactly <laughs> yeah
3: so moving yeah, degrees, on to yeah.
1: the next story on the traveldailynews.com site, this one. And headline, Boeing El Al Israel Airlines celebrates delivery of the first 787 Dreamliner. Awesome choice in aircraft. Right. So Tel Aviv, okay. Israel, so this is um, El Brace Al. yourselves, everyone. They're celebrating the delivery <laughs> of their first 787 Dreamliner this week. Uh, El Al have leased the aircraft through an agreement with Air Lease Corporation. And the 787 9 touched down in Tel Aviv uh, this week following a non stop 6,746,000 mile uh, delivery flight from Painfield, adjacent to Boeing's factory in Everett, Washington. Uh, the arrival of the first Boeing 787 Dreamliner is a day of pride and joy for all of us. LAL, is it? Right. <laughs> uh, said Al Al Chief Executive Officer David Maymon. Uh, it's the they highlight. must live terrible lives it's <laughs> it's need <laughs> to bring joy to them. <laughs> it's the highlight of an ongoing renewal of the LL fleet, which started a year and a half ago when they decided to order 16 of the 787 what? Dreamliners. And they're happy to embark on their new journey with their first Dreamliner. So uh, the uh, Dreamliner is the uh, family of technologically advanced, super-efficient aircraft with new passenger-pleasing features, in addition to bring, uh, bringing the big jets' ranges to mid mid-size aircraft, the 787 will provide LL with unmatched fuel efficiency and environmental performance using 20 to 25% less fuel and with 20 to 25% fewer emissions than the aircraft it replaces. Now, LL had a really old fleet. I was looking at some of their um, fleet lists. They had um, some quite um, weathered aircraft, I mm. will say. Okay. So it's probably about time they upgraded uh, to, obviously, the one of the best aircraft in the world, the uh, 787-9. I, it,
4: right. I, I love this bit about uh, pa- uh, it's
1: passenger just one, pleasing one of the features.
0: aircraft in the world. <laughs> 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 Sorry, well, I didn't mean, mean to interrupt Matt, but I couldn't hold myself back. No, no you, 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 I
2: don't blame you. I <laughs> what
4: are you going to say, okay, Grant? i, I got to say, pas- passenger-pleasing features, yes. You're, you're at a lower altitude in the cabin. You've got more humidity. You've got bigger windows. You've got those funky dimmer things but when you squeezed in 10 abreast in an aircraft that was designed for eight or nine eh, no no well actually it's nine abreast in an aircraft designed for eight and you're sort of sitting there we've had people come off 787s going I'm never flying that aircraft again yeah.
0: because I the mean, airlines it's, are, it's all down to what the airlines put in there you know I was chatting yeah. to our girls, uh, Grant, about that and uh, cuz I was just noting uh this was a 34600 I don't know, last flew. and I said oh look, you know which which lighting setting are you're you going to use oh she said oh I'm just using the the, uh, the meal service setting. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, uh, you know, on the Dreamliner, we have got, I think, 12 light settings. She said, we even have a different light setting for sort of clearing in when we pick up all the trash and everyone's used meals. And uh, I'm <laughs> going, what? You have a different, yeah, you've got a mood lighting for that. And I'm mood
5: lighting. <laughs> right.
3: Well, I think yeah. um, that goes along with the uh, calming nutrition uh, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> You've <Exactly. Exactly. laughs> exactly. got your meal paired with lighting paired with here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Herbal teas. One-arc meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly.
2: exactly. clearly the way forward.
1: So, Matt, <laughs> yes. your, the next story is yours, Matt, and it's a bit it's a bit of a rubbish story. Uh, really?
2: Right. Okay. It's certainly a rubbish uh, website. It's on thedailyhive.com. <laughs> he really is on fire today. Um, mm. Yeah, So it's thedailyhive.com, which always makes me very nervous because uh, I'm. What hives? No, no. Well, there is that. But the, the daily uh, hive not... is a sp- website synonymous with not necessarily accurate stories. Uh, he says, choosing his words. News. Uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. Yes. <laughs> to to coin a Trumpism, fake news. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. No, I haven't got gas. I'm j- everyday garbage could fuel the planes of today in a final se- in the final scene back to the future 2 doc is seen putting uh, pulling into the driveway with a flying version of the DeLorean. He picks up a banana skin and crushed beer can and shoves the garbage into a Mr. Fusion canister under the hood of the car. <laughs> While that may seem far-fetched even 27 years ago after the movie was made, Cathay Pacific's head of biofuels, Jeff Ovens, says that it is basically what is going on with the Hong Kong-based international airline industry leading programme to introduce a renewable element to jet fuel. Spielberg was uh, on the right track uh, Ovens told Daily Hive during an interview at Cathay City, uh, the airline's expansive global headquarters near Hong Kong International Airport. Ovens spent the last six years building his department from the ground up with the understanding of, uh, with the understanding of the industry initially. In 2014 Cathay made a strategic decision to invest in Fulcrum Bioenergy, an American company that is in the process of building a waste-to-fuels conversion facility in Nevada, when the facility comes becomes operational in 2019, it will take household ga- garbage and turn it into transportation fuels, including jet fuel. In the meantime, until the facility is ready, Cathay has been testing the use of biofuels uh, introduced, uh, sorry, produced from sugarcane by San Francisco-based, uh, at, is it Amris? Uh, on a uh, cargo Airbus A350 flight between Toulouse, France and Hong Kong. The reason why they chose the A350 was to go back to our environmental drive and reduce our carbon emissions, he said. The A350 is currently one of the most fuel-efficient aircraft in the skies today and has the lowest emissions per seat. We decided to choose the A350 to show the potential of a combination of the ultra-modern um, technology and low carbon fuels combined to see what the net benefit of that would be from a carbon reduction point of view. Oven says that any biofuel that is used is always certified to the same technical standards as regular jet fuel. In the case of Aramis, he asserts that his sugarcane biofuel is slightly better in terms of performance, even though the chemical composition is virtually identical. But, the over the, but over the long run, Cathay does not believe in the strategy of growing crops for fuel instead of for food, which I kind of understand because it's just like you're going to be using so much... Um, um, sort of like land I suppose the amount of fuel we're using you've got to find a way I still think the old um, renewable um, like sort of like making solar planes and stuff has got to, surely mm. that's got to be um, you know a winner really it says,
1: says here though, the manufacturing process the garbage is superheated and forms and turns from a solid form into a gas form, right. this gas is then turned into a liquid which is refined into fuel
0: Wow. Yeah, Interesting. My... I wonder how much energy they use to superheat it. To superheat yeah, I, I, it. yeah, I was about
6: to yeah. say. Um, you know, uh, the company I work for, uh, we actually were trying to do this with a uh, certain type of coal, and we actually had to shut down the project because the refining or the refining process was eating up so much electricity it was making it inefficient to actually convert it over into right. usable fuel yeah so we were taking a certain coal burning it to work created the gas and then you were pulling the gas and everything right. i think it was costing um something like 45 percent of the total megawatt output of the plant wow. so that's oh, wow. extremely inefficient um yeah. and i know you mentioned solar too um same company i work for we've got i think it's 10,000 megawatts of solar power right now, yeah. which is which is great, but if there's a cloud hanging over you, you lose that, and then you have to cover yeah. that um, loss of power by put, bringing up another unit another, or something, genie, so yeah. if you're in a solar aircraft and your batteries you know, crap out on you, you're kind of going to have to see how good your glide ratio is to see <laughs>
5: right, where you're going to yeah.
6: land. Um, And then also, um, I think United, uh, they've got a 737 and 787 that run on that biofuel. And I think they actually use refined, leftover... Uh, oil from like McDonald's, Burger King, and stuff. Right. And find so, uh, it, there, there are high these... energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing to look at too is the airports. Um, you have to find somewhere to store this fuel and everything. Mm. And, you know, airports are designed to store mostly Jet A. And if you have an airport like Atlanta where all of your fuel lines run underground, you're going to have to put in another line and another um, yeah. infrastructure just that biofuel. So it's gonna be costly on the front end and you got to really look at it, is it really gonna be saving you any money in the long run. But I know this
2: is one of the problems with um uh, like because like, obviously sort of the hydro the you know, you get the dual fuel cars, don't you? Some that run mm-hmm. on hydrogen and, and, and that kind of thing. And of course one of the biggest problems again like like Stephen was saying is actually that initial once once you've basically all that comes out of the back is H two O and that's great. But the actual power required to generate that fuel that you're putting in the vehicle is, you know, it's 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 a tricky one. You've got to start the process somehow, haven't you, really? But um, and I, know, I, know, I know there's a, a place, in, I think it is, again, it's, in, it's in, in a desert somewhere in the States where they're developing a system where you can start that process using the sun. Um, but, um, I mean, we, I think we've got a long way to go before, you know, biofuels and renewable energies become, a, a I mm. think, a, a, a viable way of, of getting things working. And, of course, we're going to have to change our power consumption, I think, if we're going to stand any chance of, of it not going dark. But, yeah. Well, it's
3: nice to at least see the up uh, the uh, efforts and the attempts made at yes, yes, like, moving that direction. Yeah. So I think if yeah. you don't, you've got to error. You? Yeah. you know, yeah, you don't make any progress. So. No,
2: that's true. It, Look at yeah. the
4: very first. Look at the very first aircraft that flew across the U.S. How many days mm. did that take? How many people well, did yeah. it take? You know, yeah, look at the very first airmail. Look at the very first of anything. Yeah, it takes a while. It really does. Eventually, oops. Eventually, uh, yeah. someone gets it all sorted out and uh, yeah. things actually. You know, they start working, but you know, the first electric cars, they were insane. Now Tesla have got the price down quite a bit uh, and the performance. Well, in fact, There's a long way to go, but we're, sta- we're taking steps.
2: Well, and Volvo, of course, are actually talking about making, like, I think it's, it's, it's not that far away. It's only sort of five, six years away, and they're only, they're only going to make electric
0: cars. Yeah.
6: Well, and, you know, there's another thing to look at, too. I know uh, my company is struggling with this, is the infrastructure to put in place for all this renewable energy Um, because, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to a transmission line. So you have to put in the infrastructure to put it onto a lower voltage line.
5: Yeah.
6: Um, My uncle, he's got two sets of solar panels, and the uh, power company out where he lives, he can only sell so much back to the grid because the the line can't take the voltage coming to it. Okay. So, I mean, I know here in the U.S., um, my company in particular, we're upgrading some of our residential lines to meet the demand of this. But I mean, you're talking millions of dollars because yeah. I mean, copper wiring is not cheap, and you're talking <laughs> thousands and thousands of miles to yeah. replace stuff just to save, you know, it's
5: yeah.
6: a couple of cents per kilowatt hour.
2: But uh, again, yeah, as good. as Steph says, you've got to start somewhere. I suppose you know you. So I mean, it, you know that it's moving in the right direction. We've just got to find a way of uh, doing it anyway. We're slightly off topic there, so. Uh, yep, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Steph, uh, uh-huh. next story uh,
1: is uh, is yours. A bit of a bit of an uh, explosive story. The next one.
3: Yeah, this one is from the Register.co.uk, and I love this. Uh, <laughs> Headline here it says Airbus issues patch to prevent A350 airliner fuel tanks from exploding. Always and nice. And the line underneath that is hot pumps plus fuel air mixture equals bang. Or yes. aviation safety poke. <laughs> right. Okay. Make that as simple as Let's, possible, yeah. I guess. Down yeah. and simple. <laughs> yeah. that,
2: that is a story that is directly aimed at my knowledge of aviation. That is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This says, uh, Airbus has issued an emergency patch to stop its A350 airliners from exploding. That's good.
5: <laughs> uh, the nice. fix, yeah. an
3: update to the aircraft's master minimum equipment list, uh, adds a number of items to in-cockpit displays to prohibit affected airliners from flying. Uh, recently, an overheat failure mode of the A350 hydraulic engine-driven pump has been found. Such uh, pump failure may cause a fast temperature rise of the hydraulic fluid, said the European Aviation Safety Agency, EASA, in an emergency airworthiness directive. The A350's hydraulic fuel cooling system is located inside its fuel tanks. If the hydraulic pump overheats and the tank-inerting system, uh, which floods the airspace inside fuel tanks with less combustible gas, is inoperative, the result is a rapidly heated fuel-air mixture. This, as the as EASA says, could result in ignition of the fuel-air mixture in the affected fuel tank. So, the potential uncontrolled overheat of the hydraulic fuel is mitigated by checking that certain equipment aboard the aircraft is inoperative before it leaves its parking stand. Until this directive was issued, A350s were permitted to take off uh, while carrying certain equipment failures, such as the particular valves in the hydraulic system and fuel-inerting systems. Uh, the... Uh, Master minimum equipment list is a set of instructions to ground dispatchers and flight crew setting out what defective equipment an aircraft can safely take off with. Some items, such as the pilot's reading lap, can be safely inoperative without affecting safety. Uh, When it comes to things such as auxiliary pumps and backup systems, the situation can be less clear. Major aircraft manufacturers there compile this list as a definitive set of uh, what failures are and are not permissible to fly with. Airlines compiled their own aircraft-specific versions of minimum equipment lists. Um, it's kind of redundant there. And precisely 100 A350s have been delivered to airlines around the world, including Lufthansa, Singapore Airlines, and Delta Airlines. There you go. So I'm still... Not sure talk what the fix talk was, about
0: but... making a uh, mountain out of a molehill. The M.E.L. Uh, is our exactly. kind of Bible that we use to decide what is uh, safe to dispatch the aircraft with if we've had a, a snag that hasn't been fixed uh, since the last flight. Uh, and um, for it, let me first of all say that uh, um, the A350, if it hasn't a... Um, a system of uh, flooding the an empty tank with an inert gas which is usually nitrogen. That's more than the vast majority of airliners that fly. In fact uh, to my knowledge really only uh, a few uh, um, early generation jets had it and uh, military aircraft. I don't know of another civil airliner that has a a nitrogen tank flooding system. All it is that when when the tank's full of fuel. Uh, that's not actually very uh, um, much of a concern at all. Uh, it's actually quite hard to ignite uh, aviation fuel. I remember a fireman trying to demonstrate how to put out fuel, and he was saying, uh, you know, this stuff's really hard to ignite. You've got to use, a like, a, a flamethrower to get it going. Really? And once hmm. it's going, it's fine, unless it's air said, But uh, when it's uh, just sitting there uh, and sloshing around at the, the bit left in the bottom of the tank, you can build up an inflammable gas uh, above it. So it's just the the, uh, the uh, mixture in the uh, sort of gaseous form that's left over when you've got an empty tank. That, that can go boom, and there is a suspicion that the 747 that blew up out of JFK on its way up mm. heading north, that... All the uh, conspiracy theorists think it was blown up by a ground-aware missile. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> it went off because there was a, uh, a short circuit in one of its booster pumps in, uh, in an empty tank. And that created a spark, and that uh, managed to ignite the gas, and the aircraft blew up. Um, so uh, they, they, they still consider that the best thing to do is to, when you get an empty tank, to flood it with nitrogen so that there's no chance of an explosive mixture uh, accidentally um, being uh, combusted. Um, so, uh, all they're saying here is when you've got uh, uh, your nitrogen flooding system unserviceable, it's not a good idea to get airborne also with a hydraulic uh, fuel pump that uh, has a fault in it that could cause it to overheat. They're just saying those two are not a combination that you should get airborne together, and that's what they're writing in the uh, minimum equipment list, so that um, there's a note in there that prevents you from taking off with those two faults. You must get one of them fixed before you go. That's all it comes down to. But The the headline is just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. yeah aren't they always? Yes, it is. Here, it's, read, yeah. read
3: this story. Read this yeah. story.
0: But exactly.
2: Shock
4: horror. Uh, the, only re- yeah. the reason the A350 is the only one we know of in a commercial sense is because it's the first complete new-build aircraft. Everything else is like the the 737 MAX. Oh, it's a 737, just like the one from the 60s. Yeah, Not really. Whole new, Whole new wing, whole new cockpit and all that, but still, it's just like it. Uh, same for the seven four seven eight, 8 all that kind of thing. I think if the uh, you find it with the 777-9X, may not have it as well when it comes online. But if the uh, if Boeing actually create the uh, 7X-7, likely to be the 797, the middle of the market one, that'll be a whole new aircraft. It'll probably have to have it as well, because I suspect it's all new build, new designs are going to have to have it.
0: I'm surprised the bin liner doesn't have, have it, Then perhaps it does. I don't know. I think it maybe came out before they did the – because the 787 was uh, – there's a number of things.
4: Boeing were on a, a group that was uh, talking about the lithium-ion batteries in aircraft, and they lobbied to have all the changes, like everyone else, to about making them safer, but they also lobbied to not have them apply to the 787 because the 787 <laughs> was already out. Anything, that's else? That's, yeah, yeah. 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 Anything else would have it.
3: I, yeah. so we, li- we like yeah. it, we like that idea but moving forward, we don't have to oh, Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't actually want it on
0: our airplanes, no, just everyone else's Unfortunately indeed. the 787
4: was a marketing ing- aircraft more than an engineering aircraft in many cases but that's life uh, And done that bombshell, it's time to move on to, <laughs> to
5: the, the next that. story
4: bit, bit of a uh, bit
2: of
0: a well, retro was... yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a retro story next uh, for you to read Nick Oh, right. Uh, what were airports like in 1987? Well, it's not really very retro. That wasn't that
5: long ago. I don't know what you like talking
0: about. How times have changed. Imagine a time when you could pull up to the aircraft 20 minutes before departing, oh, wow! Uh, before, before a flight. And know that you and your bag had had a good chance of making the flight. This isn't a <laughs> joke. <laughs> really? In the late 1980s, domestic airline passengers are domestic. Right, okay, that makes a difference. Could cut it close without losing their sanity. And whilst the most dramatic train changes in the way we experience airports wouldn't come until after 9-11, and even though the Airline Deregulation Act of 1978 brought more people into the skies... Uh, in the 1980s, a trip to the airport wasn't the intimidating, stress-inducing drill it is today. Here are some different ways the the airports were different, or here are some ways the airports were different back in 87. Airport security was a breeze, relatively speaking. Well, let's have a look. Yeah, I must admit the FAA uh, had control over security until late 2001, Mm, but uh, this may seem startling, but there's a certain logic to it, consider it was their planes and passengers that were most at risk. U.S. carriers (laughs) contracted out this chore to private companies who employed minimum wage and minimally trained screeners. Travelers rarely encountered long lines, and the whole process involved a brief pass through a metal detector, shoes and jacket on, quick scan of hand luggage by an X-ray machine. Hijackings were the main threat, and it wasn't until after Lockerbie Uh, bombing of Pan Am 103 late in 88 That airports began tighter screening Um, even getting to the airport was a more relaxed affair well it depends on what you drove I guess (laughs) I used to drive the airport and park just uh, steps from the entry door said Joe who runs Uh, JoeSendMe.com okay Okay, fair enough (laughs) friends and family could come and see you off at the gate uh, well, that you see, that makes security a bit of a nightmare because, well, yes. I mean, you screen the passengers. If your friend and family can come and to the gate, presumably they can hand you a, a, oh, a bomb.
5: No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: um,
4: here in Australia, you get screened. Everyone gets screened. Uh, I mean, I can go to the gate to meet people before they arrive. I can go to the gate to wave them off. Um
0: yeah, to you, you get yeah. screened? Oh, okay. Well, that's fair yeah, enough. Everyone, everyone no wonder the damn queues that security are so big. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> oh, I, waving I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Non-travellers could also wait at the gate area for an arriving passenger. Well, uh, yeah, that's fine, but uh, I don't see any big need for that. Um, uh, i'm trying to trying to keep this down to something sensible here it's a pretty long article hey you could always smoke yeah in the old days you you didn't get blown up in the airplane you catch your lung cancer from all the smoking <laughs> <passengers>. <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah that used to happen without technology there was a more personal service uh self-service kiosks hadn't arrived uh I mean, to be fair, uh, if we had Nev on board, uh, he he would probably say that he probably prefers an automatic uh, system because it's a lot more efficient. You can check yourself in when you've got a quiet time at home. All you've got to do is pitch up to the airport, uh, throw your bag at the counter, and you know you've already gone. You've picked your seat. You don't have to stand there while some and no two fingers.
3: I don't want to have to talk to anyone. Well, no, go. I'm just Indeed. anti-social. Oh, see, <laughs> Absolutely.
4: I, I, okay, I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, at the time of booking my flight, I will say which seat I want. And yes, I have frequent flyer status. Uh, right. and uh, <laughs> I'm allowed to book my seat at the time of booking, and it's usually up, up in the nice legroom area, not the business class, but the nice part of economy. I rock up to the, pre- um, the premium entry, throw my luggage at the person, have a nice chat. It's really good fun. Sometimes I recognize them from the the flying I've done, then it's down and you, you walk in the lounge, you can either go and just scan your p- boarding pass and get in, or I, I quite like going up and just saying hi to the folks and seeing where they're at. Uh, it gets to the point where I go to the uh, bar in Canberra Airport and they know me, they say, hi, do you want a fat yak today, which is a type of beer. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, that, that... You know, the, the human interaction, you miss all that if you if you you know wind up doing everything online or through the kiosks mm. like I had to do with Jetstar the other day.
0: Yeah, but it's the difference between queuing up at McDonald's and going to a nice restaurant. If you can afford to go to the nice restaurant, <laughs> yeah, you enjoy the, the experience nice if you have to queue up at McDonald's I mean, it, and do, stand there.
2: Do you think possibly that one of the reasons why is because back then the technology didn't exist for them to be able to do the things that
0: we're to now? No, no, that we we, they had computers now. back in the... Uh, 80s, in the 80s, 70s, yeah. so yeah, but didn't I don't they, think so. Probably but they took one, up entire fact, rooms, most...
2: didn't they? I mean, like, back in the 80s, yeah, people just took this... up
5: entire rooms. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> but I think still used find the main most,
0: most of the software we're using was still the software they yeah. had back in the well, 80s. True, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Especially if we're I mean, going,
5: If we're going <laughs> to reminisce
4: about how good it was in the old days, no. when, you know, you got the service, you got the nice, and you, people would dress up and you didn't have a bunch of yobbos on board getting drunk and causing problems, Pay. It's really simple. If you're going to pay sixty pounds to go from London to to France return, or you're going to pay stuff all to go from one part of the U.S. to another, how about you uh, stump up the cash, go business, or go private, or go with an airline that understands service costs? Okay. And you know that's that's how you get the old days. I mean, here in Australia, it used to cost five hundred Australian dollars, uh, three to five hundred Australian dollars each way to go from Melbourne to Sydney. One, you know, yeah, People would take the family on one trip on an aircraft every year if they were lucky.
2: Yeah.
4: Nowadays, everyone's doing
0: it for like 30 bucks each way. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's very year. true. Yeah. And they also say that you had your pick of airlines. There were far more airlines serving far fewer passengers in the 80s, according to DOT's Bureau of Transport. 421 million people flew in the US in 1987. Golly, that was still quite a lot. Uh, versus over 700 million in uh, 2016. And there were at least 10 major airlines still in business, including some storied brands like Pan Am, Eastern, TWA. (laughs) I love that one, uh, that story about the little girl that used to walk down the aisle uh, saying, excuse me, sir, would you like some TWA coffee or some TWA tea? Well right. Well there is that. Yeah. Insert. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So today four big airlines control more than eighty percent of the US airline traffic is what they're trying to say there.
2: (laughs) Good, excellent.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, I love the pictures <laughs> as well that you put. Yes, they right were. Yeah, they
2: well. were very retro. I, oh, I, right. I mean, I suppose it, the whole idea of people smoking inside now is just so alien, isn't it? I mean, you can't, mm. you can't imagine that happening these days.
0: was uh, very true. I mean, the, the last uh, route we gave up smoking <laughs> on board was the uh, Narita, the Tokyo route, and uh, the aircraft that went on that one. Uh, you get on them, and you could. Distinctly smell the difference, uh, uh, just in the embedded nicotine and all the furnishings. And when you did the walk around the uh, the air that is um, dumped out of the air conditioning system, the pressurisation system, uh, comes out of two vents near the rear of the aircraft. There were two huge tar-filled, dirty brown streaks behind the aircraft uh, from those vents, hmm. from all the nicotine yeah. and tar that yeah. was being uh, yeah. was so set gross. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and you think Really you were... selling it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's go back to those days.
5: Oh, oh.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, share a link to um, if anyone wanted to look at what the Atlanta airport and then the, uh, there's a couple airlines that this website shows what they used to look like uh, back in the day or vintage, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's uh, sunshineskies.com. And it has a detailed picture history of the Atlanta airport from when it used to be a racetrack um, up until when it is now. Um, And then it also has um, a section that has some really off-the-wall airlines that used to be here in the States. Um, I know one of which used to be Air Cherokee that used to fly uh, PA-180s between Gainesville, Georgia, and the Atlanta airport for, I believe, it looks like $5.50 one way.
1: Cheaper than Ryanair.
4: Yeah, Uh, yeah, but the the key thing to remember is what were you paying for a pack of cigarettes, a Big Mac, a can of Coke, and all that kind of stuff? You got to, you know, when you're paying two bits for your pack of cigarettes, yeah, five bucks was a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that's true.
6: And it's in in a Piper Cherokee, also. Just think about that. (laughs) that. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's a good point. So, Grant.
1: You are up next on... Uh, watch this story. <laughs> this is...
5: Oh, oh there we go. A it's a
1: good one. This is just you for guys... Grant, this one. Is it? Because it, he's the
5: only one <laughs> in the time zone
2: where it's appropriate for him to be enjoying a beverage. Yeah.
5: <laughs> no, 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 no. I
4: had... A sp- beer before but anyhow yes should we ban alcohol from airports to stop passengers getting drunk and disorderly i'm going to go into opinion mode here and say should we try and prevent people from being adults yes um (laughs) new figures show that arrests of passengers suspected of being drunk at uk airports and on flights have risen by 50 percent in the last year uh here we go this week the sentinel uh reported on how a congleton couple missed their flight and ended up having a boozy round in airport Uh, Darren Stanway, age 39, had been drinking in a taxi on the way to the airport. What? You can do that, and was charged (laughs) with using threatening behaviour. He admitted the charge was eventually fined. uh, Sorry, he admitted the charge and was eventually fined £260, while his 34-year-old wife Nadia was given a £90 fixed penalty notice. And figures show that this sort of behaviour is becoming increasingly common at our airports. A total of 387 people were arrested on suspicion of being drunk at an airport between February 2016 and February 2017, an increase from 255 the previous year. Sounds like somebody's actually started enforcing it. <laughs> but shoppers on the streets, oh, shoppers on the streets at Stoke-on-Trent, oh, mate, he's <laughs> wants to get... Quality. Oh, yeah. oh mate, <laughs> with a capital QW. Um, they seem divided as okay. to whether airports should be allowed to sell alcohol to people. Is there a bar to Bark on to their flight. Uh, some gentleman from Stoke said, "Quit drinking." Who ch- quit drinking more than 30 years ago thought airports should be completely banned. Yeah, well, he's got no bloody skin <laughs> in the game, has he? Doesn't matter to him. He doesn't
3: care yeah. one way or the other. No,
4: I don't don't know. I'm a T-total now, but I used to be a drinker. I think drinking in the airport should be completely banned. At the moment, it is one person's right over the public good. Yeah, bite me. I'm <laughs> going to get on my soapbox once again.
5: Right.
4: Um, look. Yes. If people get drunk in airports, it's like getting drunk in a nightclub. It's like getting drunk anywhere else. If you can't deal with it, you shouldn't be doing it. And let's all educate people about, you know, becoming humans. uh, This is is like, you're going to stop me having a few beers before a flight because some idiot over there, Decides to be a yobbo and drink a few. I
2: mean, yes, and, for, ah! and for, for, for the benefit of those watching in YouTube, I have included a photograph in our footage of some beer. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an aircraft in the background. I could show you a photo of <laughs> it. Yeah, well, FB that's really, yeah. Oh there no, we go. And, and there's one live. <laughs> uh... yeah. oh, well, right.
3: that's a true tragedy right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, I was <laughs> having
4: so... IPAs before, Steph.
3: Just. I know. My yeah, but... Very, very <laughs> jealous. Later today. <laughs> And yeah, I'll, I'll d- while you're uh, i like quite like a be pint before but I, I mean, fly. Look.
4: Sorry?
5: I, I said uh, i just... I,
4: like, I don't mind having a pint before I fly. It's nice ale. Yeah,
5: yeah and I mean,
4: if you can't be adult enough and mature enough, yeah. maybe you should be taken out of the gene pool. <laughs>
2: okay
5: to be right. very blunt.
4: <laughs> i mean that i mean that is
2: that is one of wa-
6: games
4: <laughs>
2: that oh,
6: is one way i'm of just getting it, really
4: yeah. over all this stuff oh <laughs> oh people are getting drunk so we've got to you know stop making the opportunities for them to get... they'll just go get drunk somewhere else they'll go bash someone up or do something let's let's find the people who are, who are causing problems with the drunk let's you know address the problem don't don't try and stop it around the edges sorry this is like yeah. just insane
6: I, I don't think it's the amount of people getting drunk. I think it's the fact that everyone has a camera and video capability nowadays and it's mm. just getting put out onto mm. the Internet. I mean, you know, we were just talking about how in the 80s airports looked and everything. Well, you know, in the 80s, no one had a camera that you could upload instantly to the Internet and everyone could see it. So, I mean, you still had these yeah. problems back in the day. And it was probably actually worse because you had, uh, I mean, I, I would think more readily access to alcohol and things uh, than you do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um in some cases but you know it's just a more awareness of what's going on around you that's why people are actually wanting to do something about it oh it's a problem well no it's been a problem since uh, humans started walking around the earth you know and and really (laughs) even
3: the problem with that is it's more you know when you bring up the social media side of things it's that people get drunk and then someone tries to you know enforce uh not allowing them on the aircraft or You're removing them from the premises and that's what gets videoed and then it looks yeah. like this huge you know kerfuffle and and that's where people get all up in arms because like well they were you know being abusive to this per this that or the other and yeah. you would never see that before so
6: yeah yeah. I, I mean uh, when I was a flight attendant I, I remember two instances of people that got on board really drunk and the first thing I was thinking was well I hope this doesn't end up on the news and yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah. know you, you really had to evaluate people because you know there was the woman that got on there. She was sitting in the mm-hmm. you know very front seat right there on the uh, CRJ 200. And the first thing she said when she sits down is like, "Hey, can I get a drink?" And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> "Well, this is gonna go south." This so I was like, up. "Well, we, you can get one when we get up in the air." And you know, no sooner than we took off, she she <laughs> passed out for the whole flight to Chicago. She was out cold. Excellent.
3: Oh wow. Well done. Yeah. Even better. And, 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 yeah. yeah. it's yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but,
6: but the other. Guy... I thought she was gonna be pushing the cool
4: button. Yeah. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I know. I think right
6: the other flight it was there was a group of i think it was two couples that got on and you could tell they'd been drinking um right before they got on but they were up front again too i think there's something about those first set of seats that attract drunk people i don't know but i'm just gonna throw that out there yeah but um <laughs> you know he, he did the same thing asking for a drink to start with and i was like oh we gotta wait till we get up in the air but when we got up, he just, like, put his feet on the dividing wall right there. And, you know, on the, two, the CRJs, there's not – I mean, all the dividing walls keeping you from hitting the door right there. And had to keep telling him to put his feet down and everything. And then he wow. wanted a drink. I'm like, no, you can't have one. You know, you, you like you've been having a good time already. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep it going, man. Yeah. I was like, well, you, yeah, you can wait. Not... We're already almost to Chicago anyways. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, he's just... like, yeah, hey, man, just give him a drink. So that's just – There's a lot to deal with, you know, dealing with drunk people on a plane, especially the smaller aircraft where it's just one flight attendant, you know, because if something happens, it's like, you just hope someone's going to help you out in that situation. Yeah.
2: Is that where, uh, Owen made quite a good point in the chat room? He said, "Well, if you limit the drinking in the airport, my take-home pay goes way up." <laughs> the, <laughs> joys, the joys of working for a low-cost airline, I suppose. But uh, he oh,
4: says, doesn't no, he have a sales quota now too? As yeah, possibly. Yes, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll
2: glaze over that and move on. Uh, so, <laughs> he did, however, say, "I hope." Uh, however, I feel they need to enforce bars in airports not serving to drunk people way more. And I yes. think that's something that um, certainly I know as an as an ex landlord here in Bungie, that was actually one of things that was was sort of taught to us if you like is that, that we had to stop um like if you if you appear to be really drunk it's now actually a legal requirement that as the landlord you stop serving them um now that sometimes causes its own problems and i dare say it's no different in an airport if you actually say to them i'm sorry i can't serve you anymore you, you're too drunk then they kick off um and uh, i don't know i don't know it's sort of putting an awful lot of pressure on you know, I suppose it depends on how quickly security can come. Uh, but... Yeah,
6: this is what we should do. We should do it like the people in the states that have a bad track record with DUIs. Put a breathalyzer right at yeah. the boarding gate, and you have to blow before you get on the plane.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, have that, you had
4: that, one drink, two drinks, or Boris Yeltsin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. Somewhere in be-
2: in between is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this, is this,
4: it. Is, this is what we call responsible serving of alcohol. Yeah. Um, my son's just done the course. He's he's working bar and also in the gambling pit at a local um, RSL Soldiers League mm. uh, for the the vets and people in, in the club and all that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you have to do a responsible serving of alcohol, and it talks about cutting yeah. people off. And how to do it and how to deal with it and how to yeah. get security there real quick. Mm. And, you know, maybe we just need a little bit more of that. Hey, mate, you're drunk. No more. Yeah. And gate agents who are able to recognize the symptoms and, so, and and go, hey, you look like you're not really well here. Can we have a moment? Because yeah. you can't say, hey, you're drunk even
0: if they yeah. smell alcoholic right. because they could have diabetes or things that True. have a fruity yeah. breath. yeah. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but but let's be realistic. The gate agent sees the average passenger for probably less than five seconds as they grab their boarding pass, pass it through the machine, and heave them on to the gate. So, you know, you're not really going to have a time to assess someone even in fleetingly as yeah. they uh... move through and all someone has to do is hold their uh... puppy keep their puppy in one pile just for long enough to get past the gate agent and they yeah. can go and carry on mm-hmm. getting uh, uh... drunk on the airplane now i'm i'm looking at this from the uh... from the operators point of view yeah. Now, in a nightclub and in bars and pubs when you're walking around uh, i don't care if people get drunk and i don't care if. Uh, a landlord serves people until they get drunk. But yeah. when you're on in the confined space of an aircraft, uh, having drunk people on board is, is really no joke. And mm-hmm. I have absolutely yeah. no qualms about denying people's human rights yeah. to drink at the two hours prior to departure yeah. by serving no alcohol at any airport. I have no problem with that whatsoever because having been on the receiving end, and as mm-hmm. I will have done at anyone who's... Uh, serve cabin crew because it's not really my problem. I'm just trying to deal with getting the airplane on the ground as soon as possible to get these people arrested and taken off um i I would just rather have my life kept a lot smoother the contents of my aircraft those 99 percent of the passengers who are perfectly well behaved and Mm. happy to have a few glasses of wine with a meal and just enjoy the ambience uh, that a little bit of alcohol gives them absolutely i think that's fantastic and that is the way to do it but uh, until you can stop the, uh, the people getting drunk, getting on drunk, drinking their duty-free on, uh, which is very hard. Once you've got them on the airplane, that all becomes a mm-hmm. bottle-up nightmare. So, uh, for me, the easiest yeah. and most simplest way is to, one, stop drinking at the airports before uh, you embark the aircraft. Two, sell no duty-free at the point of departure. You pre-buy it mm-hmm. uh, or you buy it at the airport you arrive at. Mm. which is uh, something that the, the airline industry has actually said is a great idea. We wouldn't have to carry all that duty-free on board, which is a huge dead weight on the aircraft, mm. and also it's all flammable. So <laughs> well, if we yeah. end up in an accident, you wouldn't have bottles and bottles yeah. and bottles of, of flammable liquid yes. flying around the cabin, Well, which there would that. be <laughs> ideal. You pick it up when you leave <laughs> the airport. But those, I think, are probably a pipe dream. They certainly won't happen in my time. No,
4: uh, it's already no happening bit. here in Australia, actually. Uh, most people, are, like, especially when they put the liquid bands on aircraft, mm. um, and even after the relaxing of the liquid bands, a lot of us buy our booze when we come back to Melbourne because it's less to carry yeah. and less of a hassle. But, uh, yeah, look, no, I get exactly where you're coming from, Nick, but uh, what I'd like to see is actually education and uh, mm. massive fines and, and making examples of people and publishing it everywhere and getting rid of the problem at the source. That's great. Until
0: until then, I'd just like to close all the bars at the airports. You can have a cup of coffee. And, you know, there's (laughs) something else to look at.
6: We're talking about alcohol, but, you know, here in the States, they've legalized uh, marijuana for recreational use in some some places. So now you have to deal with people being high Who are drunk and stoned. Well. Excellent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: a great combination. Yeah.
4: yeah, but you can tell the ones who are high on the on the aircraft, typically they're not getting into fights. They're just yeah. raiding the hell out of the
0: cookie jar. You <laughs> will Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's even me. better. Yeah. You can put the uh, marijuana in the cookies, can't you? Robert, That'd be hey, so I don't yeah, know it's what you mean. Yeah.
2: It's great. Okay, moving on. Uh, so I think in summary then, ladies we have and gentlemen, brownies, and Yeah.
5: Brownies.
2: <laughs> in, in summary, ladies and gents, basically I think it's the minority spoiling it for the majority once again. Correct. And, so every, all the stupid people are are ruining for all us, us slightly less stupid people, um, so that we can't have any fun anymore. Because I mean I must admit oh. it's the only time ever that I've had a drink at 6 a.m. is in the airport, and there's something really quite. <laughs> what well, no? There, nothing starts a holiday like a pint of cider at 6 a.m. Frankly, I mean that's that's <laughs> the way forward for me, and uh, and I'd be devastated if they take that very small avenue of pleasure away from me anyway i think we should probably do the last story, last now, story as yeah. we are literally going for the longest show ever so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh um i think i think Stephen. Uh, this is yeah. uh, with yes, you yes. if yes. that's
6: possible yeah um so this one is feeling the squeeze jet star to cram extra seats on some airplanes Uh, Budget airline Jetstar is preparing to squeeze an extra six passengers onto the majority of the Australian domestic short haul our international fleet as it overhauls a fleet of Airbus A320s. The airline will add an extra row by installing new slimmer seats or reducing the size of aircraft toilets and galleries. So uh, it looks like they're going to redo their cabin with these new slimmer seats that I think um, some airlines already have. Um, the, yeah, the photos look rather nice. The seats, seats look rather rather I'm Just looking at the cushions there.
5: Here. But all they're, they're doing, doing is adding one
6: run the back of that seat. for comparison, the Tiger Air uh, 737s carry 180. And once Jetstar gets done with this, they will be up to 186 seats. Um, it looks like they're going to have uh 43 aircraft refurbished by the end of next year so um it looks like this is becoming a very popular um modification for a lot of the airbus fleet um and i know here in the states there i think american was going to add a couple rows to their 737s as well which for us sparked a debate in the government to regulate seat pitch for airlines um so I, I went back because so I remember this article um, It's from the Cranky Flyer. And um, if you go there, uh, he starts talking about evacuations rules under uh, 14 CFR 25, which is the federal code of regulations that requires that airlines must evacuate more um, than um, 90 seconds. 90 seconds. Um, so he also goes on to say that this, this debate has come up because certain – Lobbyists and safety professionals have started to bring up the fact that it is harder to evacuate aircraft with these smaller seat pitches due to the fact that you can't get your legs out of there quick enough because your bag is pushed up against you so much under your seat that you cannot escape and get into the aisle and leave. So Well,
3: they're just gonna take their bags with them anyway, so yeah, that doesn't e- matter Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that, that
6: adds a whole other thing to it. But so you gotta ask the when is too close, too close, because we're talking um, 28 or 29 inches of pitch um, for this American aircraft. I'm sure the Jetstar and the Tiger Air aircraft's just as cramped, too. Um, I mean, I know for me, I I usually fly Delta, and on the 88, I believe they've got 31 inches of pitch, and, I mean, that's getting cramped for me. Um, So, I mean, I'm not sure where we're going to find a happy medium here i mean i know airlines need to make money and everything but if people can prove the fact that the reduced seat pitch is going to cause evacuation problems well are you going to regulate it or are you going to let them keep going until something bad happens
4: probably oh, yes. the latter the way uh most airlines and, and things go but uh Jetstar has 29 inch seat pitch and i was in it the other day <laughs> um ooh. yeah oh yeah and i'm 6'2 so, I was having a lot of fun. Uh, they have scallops in the back of the seat to help give you knee room and all that, but fortunately, somebody took pity on me, and on the way up, I had three seats to myself, and on the way back, I had three to myself, so I actually had room. Um, but, yeah, look, it, uh, it's tight. It's really tight, and uh, the, like that's how they managed to get 335 in a 787-8. Um, yeah, so cool. they're going to put another six rows in, which means they can put another six people in, mm. which means they get another, what, say, 300 to $500 easy,
5: yeah.
4: um, mm. even at super discount. And that makes a lot of difference over 20 flights
0: a day that you get those extra dollars or 200 flights a day. It all adds up, Hey, Yeah. That's why they do it. Well, it's like I Nick remember before, these it's seats uh, being first introduced, and uh, they were saying, oh, we found a new slim uh, seat, so everyone will get more leg room. <laughs> no.
4: Nope. Well, <laughs> That's no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, as it. you were saying before, Nick, it's, it's yeah, they'll just, the bean counters, uber alas. I'm <laughs> yeah. afraid so.
0: Uh, and, Stephen, and I, yeah, I have enormous sympathy uh, with your thought that about uh, people getting out. But uh, the authorities will probably say, and uh, even when they um, trial these uh, and try evacuations, uh, if they were to with this seat pitch, uh, yeah. you've only got to move past three seats to get into the aisle. Uh, It's the aisle that's the major factor, Uh, so sliding out of your seat area is then going to take a relatively short time compared with moving all the way down the aisle and then getting off uh, onto the slide. So I don't think it'll make a significant uh, difference uh, unless you are someone with an extremely large girth or has a disability.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's really going to make that much of a difference either. And you know, back to what Steph said, you know, they're just going to take their bags anyway, and you know, that's going to end up deflating <laughs> the slide, and then they're just going to have to jump from you know, twenty feet to get out of the aircraft. So, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it's the people well, behind, behind them that will have to jump. Yeah. The, the
5: guy there. Yeah.
3: on the plane, and I yeah. punctured yeah. the slide <laughs> on the way down. Oops. <laughs> exactly.
4: Right. Well, they're they're talking about uh, changing the way. Right, right now they're doing some of the escape tests as computer simulations uh, they're also looking mm-hmm. to change the way that they do the tests in reality by not uh, like currently it says you're not allowed to have people who are familiar with the aircraft you've got to have a certain number of oldies you've got to have a certain number of um, you know various demographics <laughs> but what they're starting to talk about now is you've also got to have people who are typical of the population ie fatter older, all yeah. this kind of stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. People like me, I'm 6'2", and I'm, uh, mm, yeah, I'm carrying too much weight. And, you know, it's. <laughs> we, it's prefer like, the, um, we prefer that. We prefer the that's term cuddly, realistic. Grant.
2: Take cuddly. We're cuddly. As to say, take the wallet out of your back pocket, Grant. Yeah, whatever.
4: No, but it's 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 look, it's it's you know. You have a bit of fun manoeuvring your way out in a panic situation where perhaps yes. somebody has frozen in fear and all this kind of stuff. It, mm-hmm. uh, they, I believe, they did one evacuation that it got quite realistic. They uh, paid the first ten people off thousand
0: dollars each. <laughs> that well, got really realistic. I would be pushing it. Wow! Cover that on a plane tail. It yeah. was uh, following the Manchester uh, seven thirty-seven. Oh, uh, rejected takeoff. They did a lot of uh, investigations, and one particular human uh, behaviour scientist uh, did exactly that. And that was the first time they managed to replicate the sort of activity that people were doing to escape the burning cabin, was by paying them. Uh, yep. The more, the the earlier, quicker you got off, the more you got paid. And that they then people started climbing over seatbacks and uh diving <laughs> wherever they could to and pushing people and and jamming and, yep. and they they then found all the problems that they had actually occurred uh, during this evacuation when so many people died yeah yeah
4: mm-hmm. that's where i heard it that's right that was the latest reminder of it that was a good plane tales, by the way yeah oh, thank thank you always good nick you're very kind so moving on
1: then, we close up the uh, commercial news segment mm. of the show. We've got uh, a segment from uh, Nev we on have the indeed. Passenger Experience. Yes. And uh, we've also got uh, a little bit of an interview we done at Sealing last weekend. So uh, if everyone's ready to listen to this week's instalment uh,
8: from Nev's Passenger Experience, we're going to play that right now. Hello, it's Nev here again, with another in the series of Nev's Passenger Experience. You may remember me talking about the business trip to Santorini that I did in June of this year, and I was joined by a number of my industry colleagues. A jolly good time was had by all, I can safely say. Whilst I had a captive audience around the poolside, I took the opportunity to be a nuisance with my recorder and microphone, and spoke to a number of them about their flying experiences i spoke to jim harwood of focus 21 visual communications and his wife louise about how they felt about the kind of service and facilities that were being offered to them i began by asking jim about some of his frustrations with the overall system
9: i think one of my frustrations with flying is i just want to go check everything in get on the plane and fly and i get frustrated by the whole um weaving you through retail Um, and i think that adds a lot of unnecessary pain to the experience for me as a business flyer and as a as a pleasure flyer I just like to get to the airport and and sometimes in some respects I I prefer to go for smaller airports because I don't have that weaving through retail experience which for me is just painful the whole experience of going flying has improved you know being able to do uh, meet and greet at the airport with some of the airport um, people in terms of car parking, online checking, um, you know, bag dropping, and, and stuff stuff like that on the internet has definitely improved things. However, for me, after you get through, um, after you get through security, the whole thing about having to
8: wait to get on a flight is a killer. So Louise, tell me a little bit about your sort of passenger experience on, on the airlines. What, what do you think about it these days?
10: Um, I think it's changed a lot in the last few years since they've, um, you know, the low budget airlines having to pay for your luggage, pay, you know, break, they've broken down the price. You think that you're getting a deal, but then when you actually add it all up and add the extras on it, you realise that they're as expensive as they ever were.
9: When you're in the air, I think generally I'm, I'm a really straightforward sort of guy and I'm, and I'm not too bothered about um, having my own space, in some respects, I, I, I think the way forward for flying should be, you know, I think you should, you should pay a certain amount for your seat, and then when you, um, you want to have luggage, I think you should pay for the weight, if I'm honest, I think you should be given a certain amount of weight to sit in the seat. I wouldn't be too bothered about standing on the scales with my luggage at a drop-in place, and, or actually on away my luggage first, and stuff like that, I think it would make things a lot easier.
8: Do you think it's quite a stressful experience in the airports these days?
10: Yeah, I think so, and I think you know that goes to like carrying their baggage around and stuff like that. It is if you're elderly trying to carry your your stuff around and you know getting your bags in the overhead lockers. And I don't think that they're actually they don't there's nobody there on hand to help older people, and they just have to you know the same as young people.
8: So when you're going flying for business, Jim, are you uh, on the, what I would call, the the full-service carriers or or the low-cost airlines mainly?
9: Um, Low-cost mainly. I'm not the sort of person that gets a little bit too upset when I can't sit in a business lounge or when I can't. You know, I like like people, so having to sit next to a load of kids doesn't really worry me. I've got kids myself. So I, I take that sort of attitude where, you know, but I also do appreciate that people don't like that sort of experience. You know, the staff have got a job to do and yeah and the security thing is a big thing for me i think when i'm doing business flights whatever suits me the most the best way to get there for me is what i'll do whether it's whether it's you know the the big the big guys or the little guys it's the best way for the business and the best way for me at the particular time
10: now the airline is you've got to walk miles out to the thing and you know that we're saying about carrying all your bags and 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 that's because as well a lot of people are taking their luggage onto the plane now and you know there's no there's no the customer service there maybe they start getting um, porters or something to carry your luggage out to the plane for you that could be an idea
8: and do you find that the smaller airports like London City Airport for example do they offer uh, more of what you need in, in terms of you know um, shorter check-in times and, and yeah. better accessibility
9: yeah I think they definitely do never and then um, I think you know that the, you know for me because I'm in Hampshire, I love Southampton the fact that I can I can I can even jump on the train at Basingstoke to Southampton Air, Air, Airport Parkway and be on the plane you know and it's no there's no retail shenanigans there's no sitting about you know you're on the plane simply you're off the other end
8: it's it's great Have I had any uh, difficulty with your baggage at all?
10: Well yeah I did last year um, I had I spent I went on a 10 night holiday and I spent five nights without my bag Uh, And the funny thing was that when we landed and my bag didn't turn up, my 18-year-old son said that he had seen the girl on the check-in desk, push the the bag went down on the belt and the label wasn't on it and she'd pushed it to one side. But yeah, and then even then they tracked down my bag pretty quick. It only took about two days to track my bag down, but it took another three days for them to get my bag from Gatwick to Manuka. You wouldn't think that that would happen, would you? And I had to make a complaint when I come back, but basically they don't really want to do anything for, for lost baggage. What about compensation for something like that? Did they get anything at all? Well, they, they, I think they want to give you uh, £20 a day for um, each day that your bag's gone. What's £20 going to do when you've got no, no baggage at all? You're stuck in resort and, you know, they don't really want to, to help you. I mean, you have to chase it up when you come back. And that's not really the way they, they take your money and then, then they're not bothered that you you don't have your luggage that's not part of the contract apparently I don't think
8: do you think that in 10 years time we're going to see any major improvement or is it just going to be more of the same I, I hope we're going to I, I sort of like to see
9: a, a space where we can get on and off of planes really really quickly um, personally from my own point of view I think it should be done on weight um, I think you know yeah a seat should cost a certain amount of money but then if you want to put stuff in the hold I, in fact in my personal opinion is everything should go in the hold from a security p- point of view and I think actually I feel a lot more comfortable when I see aircraft designers taking a bit of ownership to be able to be able to maybe put everything in a hold and have those holds a bit like Thunderbird 2, you know, detachable in mid-air so if there is a problem
8: with luggage in a hold, um, actually the plane can still fly. What do you think the future is going to be in terms how, how could people Im- improve the, these sorts of services do you think?
10: With the flights and the and the baggage I think in a way we need to go backwards instead of forwards and I think they need to just when you book a flight your whole luggage is included in, in it so you wouldn't have as many people trying to get all their luggage in the overhead lockers in the plane and um, you know in, and I think that, you know we need to go backwards not forwards and pay pay a, a proper price for a flight not advertised prices that are not what you're actually going to pay when you get to the end and you've got to put your credit card details in that's the amount you should they should be charging those up front for their for the flights
8: thanks so much for your time today you're welcome right well here i'm at the seething air show i'm talking with john who's got a very interesting vehicle here not an aviation item tell us all about this john Uh, to me it looks like a six-wheel highly converted range rover
7: Yep, converted by a company called Carmichael, built for the Falkland Islands government to work at um, Stanley Airfield.
8: So this has seen uh, active service there?
7: Yep, um, it wasn't much use on the airfield so they used it locally. Had a front mounted pump, 200 gallons of water in the back. Second time the pump packed up, they uh, removed the pump, converted it to a rescue unit.
8: And what sort of features has the vehicle got compared to a, a more standard unit? Has it been specially adapted for specific conditions?
7: Originally, it was built because of um, narrow roads and off roads out there. Gibraltar used these because um, they had a civilian, a smaller version built. Um, because of the narrow alleyways and stuff in Gibraltar, uh, it's not like a first response vehicle, rapid intervention vehicle basically, get there first get some water on it and
8: what sort of uh, number of crew can it take
7: this one's actually, actually take a driver and four crew Um the military spec was four including the driver but, uh, The military specs slightly different
8: and all the guys can be uh, all tooled up with BA and all the rest of it in, inside it as well
7: yeah yeah they could uh, be uh, we've taken the BA racks out of this one now because uh, again we don't need them we just lie one or two BA on the floor put them on when we need it
8: It looks a very impressive vehicle. It it looks like it's been fully restored as well to me.
7: Well, yeah, if you look at the the brochure in front of us, it's uh, it's had a a massive restoration. Um, It now has modern firefighting equipment on as opposed to um, the old style. It shows what a 29-year-old vehicle can do now. It's got modern capability on it.
8: Absolutely. So this was built, uh, so converted around about late 1980s, I guess
7: it was built in 1988. Um, I think the cost was something like 46,000 pounds, and it cost two and a half thousand pounds to ship it to the Falklands.
8: Excellent, John. Well, thanks very much, Dean, for telling us all about it. Really appreciate it. Thank you.
7: Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network.
5: The Voices in Your Head.com
4: website www.planetalkinguk.com
10: or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash UK. on twitter via at UK or get in touch via email on podcast at planetalkinguk.com thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening. flyby 5823 trent Dane for two r manchester with air 6x climb flight level 210 direct to Britons park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots.
5: London two TME,
9: turn right onto Bravo, link, two, one, join Alpha, hold
10: at Mora. Speedbird, four, seven, two, LOC, slash DME, approach runway, two, seven, left. Follow the green stand, five, four, four. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime.
0: Aviation
4: media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash,
7: turn that down.
4: what is cricket anyhow something we win a lot oh,
5: there- oh.
0: <laughs> where are those australian I
1: guys hey no, who know practicing where, where? our cricket yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, something they used to win occasionally the, correct oh. this is a very old advert clearly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Indeed. No, uh, no. Well, uh, b- well. Before we before we close up the show, I have a quick chat with everyone before we uh, before we finish. But uh, no, how how are things uh, with your, obviously you guys over across the pond, uh, Grant and Steve, or obviously Steve can't couldn't be with us today.
4: But um, you know, where what what's happening with PCDU? <laughs> oh, look, we just the time is really not on our side. Uh, the work I do with defence here in Australia, plus my work with the Australian Ballooning Federation. There's not a lot of time to be editing. We've got a, a, a bunch of content. Um, if anyone wants to come and join us and do some editing to yes, Steve's uh, strict <laughs> standards, all <laughs> yeah. um, oh, right. I, I don't <laughs> think that's possible, up, is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. There's only one person yeah, who can edit I think to Steve's a couple standards. Of people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, also now Steve's uh, when he went from driving to being a uh, depot manager, uh, he ran out of time as well. Uh, and then he's no longer with the trains. So I used to call him a despot manager. But now he's uh, he's off working with the folks who do Sydney Airshow, formerly yeah. Wings Over at Illawarra, mm. and uh, he's working as their business development and marketing kind of manager and running around the place. So he's just over at Oshkosh and. Uh, I believe uh, they're likely to be going back to ICAS, International Council of Air Shows, and things like that. So, yeah, he's doing a bit of running around. Uh, Look, I wouldn't say you're never going to hear another episode, but they have certainly... uh, It's not so much pod faded, more pod slowed the heck down, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, uh, speak, speaking as a, as somebody who's listened to your shows quite regularly and um, found it
4: far more informative than the
2: rubbish we put out anyway every week. Anyway, uh, oh. it's uh, it's uh, it is Settle, something I I, I I I miss it terribly. I really do because again, there's a, a really nice banter be, between the pair of you and that that is sorely missed. So there we are. I've said it. Yeah, now. we miss you, Grant. Thank Come you. On, yeah. Sort it out. <laughs> I, look,
4: I do miss it. I do miss it. But time, uh, the you know. It's not always there.
2: No, no, that's fair enough. I, 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 uh, nobody understands that better than, than, than the guys who are all sat here doing this podcast, frankly. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, all part of the fun, isn't
0: it? <clears throat> and no one could understand what you said anyway. Yeah. Well, there is always that. I
4: mean... <laughs> oh. Come on. Couldn't, couldn't anyone figure out? Struth, Bruce. Struth, Bruce, head, yeah. Cry.
5: Sheila. We've got a few prawns or the Barbie, mate. Go. Barbies, prawns. It's prawns, really prawns yeah. yeah. It's fairly straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> so
1: so how how is the new job going anyway, Grant? You're uh, enjoying your uh, your your posh new job.
4: Well, well okay, I've been in the, the gig for about two years now, uh, working first with a defence contractor. They're still, mm. still working with them, to put it very bluntly. They're pimping me out to defence. Um, I'm now working in a role that is what we refer to as above the line. Um, so effectively, it's like I'm an Australian public service servant, so working with defence. So not uniform. Um, and below the line contractors, they—that's sort of like where you get BAE and you say, "Go away and do this work," or um, Talus or groups like that doing stuff. So, I'm effectively a contracted public servant. Um, right. <laughs> and yeah, so I've been doing that for just over a year, and in various roles with various systems. So at the moment, I'm—I'm I'm sort of what they call a system manager, looking after the vendor and project management and all that, looking after the um, computer systems. Uh, applications and so on that are used to do all the aeronautical charting procedures and all that kind of stuff for the Australian Defence Force. So I work with a group here in Melbourne, I'm co-located with them and we're having a blast. I go to Canberra about once a month, I was just in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago at a meeting there and then I've been in Canberra for a week for, um, we were doing contract um, updates and things like that. Next week I've got a couple of days at Headquarters Air Command uh, for some meetings and up in Sydney, so you know, it gets me around a bit. But uh, they're they're a great bunch and I, I really enjoy it because these are the guys who do all the yeah you know, we make the charts that the pilots use um, the helicopters the yeah you know, whether it's the the Navy pilots the Army pilots or the the Air Force pilots they're using what we produce and. I understand it, I love it, and it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy. <laughs> good.
2: Yeah, good. absolutely. And when you're not doing that, of course, you're squeezing a little air balloon flying, perhaps, when you can, mm. uh, you
5: know. <laughs> well, I haven't
4: haven't done as much flying as I would have liked. Uh, I've, a couple of times when the weather's been good, the balloon's been off with someone else, or uh, it's been somewhere I can't get to easily. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty busy doing all the, the paperwork and everything as the... Um, as the ops manager for the Ballooning Federation, it's sort of like being the chief pilot for a bunch of uh, really fun people <laughs>
2: out there. I bet, I bet.
4: So, Dr. Yeah. Steph,
1: what's been going on in the yes. flying in the flying kind of world of Dr. Steph?
3: Oh, in the flying kind of world, well, not um, a whole lot, which is uh, unfortunate because I set out with all these goals for 2017 to a whole lot of flying this year more than i have and again time is uh, always kind of an issue um i did get out last weekend though just for a couple hours to go and um uh, do a couple practice approaches keep my instrument currency up to date and i'm planning on going out uh, i did about half of what i needed to do so i'll do about the other half uh probably next weekend um, as long as the um as long as nothing else gets in the way. So, um, yeah, I still try and get out every once in a while. I'm still enjoying flying the Cirrus and also flying the um, 172 on occasion just for fun as well. And also it's a lot cheaper to rent and, and fly. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll bet. I bet.
1: So no more, no more jumping out of aircraft and Steph?
3: Oh, no, I still do that too. I might do that <laughs> today or tomorrow. As so. you do. Yeah. <laughs> as you exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah, I still Actually, I haven't done that for, for a couple of weeks. I took my... Um, when my family was out here in June, I took my brothers out and they did some tandem they did a couple tandem jumps so that was good.
2: Mm. Uh, yes, but there's like if there's nothing wrong with the airplane, why are you jumping out of it? I don't get it.
3: <laughs> Cuz <'Cause> it's fun. <laughs> Cuz it has nothing to do with the airplane. <laughs> right,
2: okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like is the service
3: that bad that you've got to jump out of the airplane? No, really? just, <laughs> just just I mean, they never they never serve any drinks on those no, airplanes okay, well... and it's noisy, so <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, why drafty, stay on it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Windy. Yeah, <laughs> why stay <laughs> on it. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. Windy.
5: <laughs>
1: So Captain Nick besides <laughs> oh Captain Nick uh, what's yes, sir. Uh, what's, uh, what's been going on in the uh, flying
0: world of uh, of Nick then Well not a great deal mm. um, I just come back from New York uh, I had a nice San Fran earlier uh, in the month and uh, had a great meet up there. Um, doing the show, as uh, you know, we seem to be doing a lot of APG shows at the moment, which is great. Mm. And uh, what is wonderful for me is uh, they're as much fun and uh, as satisfying doing them now as they were when I right when I started. Um, Plain Tales obviously takes up a lot of my time, and uh, always mm. looking for new subjects. Um, get a lot of suggestions. Unfortunately, not many of them are really practical. Okay. Um yeah to make uh, into a plain tale. It's, yeah. it's, they're often great stories but mm. they're either too long or too hard to research mm. uh, because I only have uh, very limited time yeah, to get one out every week. Mm. Um, but I enjoy doing that and, and I'm enjoying upgrading my audio equipment so that I can uh, try and make that a, a better listening experience. So, you know, I'm, I'm like most guys, I love collecting kit and I'm uh, slowly <laughs> yeah. collecting like the rest you know, a lot yeah. of... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> oh, technical audio gear. there to go with all the other gear yes. I have. In the, uh, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins. You do. I, you think exactly. I agree
2: wholeheartedly. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Still yeah. dies. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but toys. Yeah, toys. Absolutely. You are see, ladies never uh, un- f- fully under- appreciate this, do they? The desire <laughs> for toys. Yeah. Oh, no, well, I.
3: Yeah, I. I'm a fan of toys. Good.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <because> you also <laughs> get the
4: situation of she who dies with the most shoes wins. So you know, this, this is
5: about. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, Steph, sure Steph's should be running shoe shoes. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: No, there's a definite <laughs> lack of shoes. And uh, to be fair, I, I throw them away regularly because I can't stand having shoes all piled up in my closet. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you probably wow. get
1: through about 10 <laughs> pairs of trainers yeah. uh, a month. A week, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
5: Oh, I do go through yeah. a lot
3: of running shoes, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, lot, and I need to buy giants. a new pair now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need yeah. to buy a new pair now for my... Upcoming <laughs> um, travels and marathons. Um,
5: so, Stephen. So I've got a
0: few days oh. off uh, before my next trip. i um, heading out to San Francisco on my next trip. So, uh, looking forward to that. Not, we never used to get many San Frans, but with the bin liner being, uh, so, uh, having such an appalling serviceability <laughs> record, <laughs> we've had to take two 340s out of mothballs to uh, hold uh, you know the schedule up. Uh, which means that uh, we're now picking up some flights that we didn't previously have. So we're running all this summer. We're running San Fran's on the 34600, which is nice. That's a great destination. uh, And it's nice to do some ultra long haul on the uh, aircraft again, because most of my flying has been uh, sort of east coast. The furthest we were getting was really uh, out to um, Atlanta. Uh, so, um, in the personal life, uh, photography is still going on. I've got a uh, a couple of dog shoots coming up, uh, which I uh, always enjoy. Uh, and um, really, honestly, there's uh, nothing much wrong with uh, my life. I've only got 742 uh, days now before I retire. Oh, oh blimey. Not counting. Oh, Definitely oh, not Yeah, counting.
5: he's not counting. Oh, no,
2: no absolutely. No. Not that he knows the date, of the numbers yeah, off but, the top of his head. But, yeah. but he's got 700 no, he days holiday the... to take. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he didn't mention hours and minutes. He's not counting at all. No, that's true. Oh, that you, you true. reckon?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, Actually, there's an app for that.
2: Just FYI, you mentioned New York there, myself and uh, Owen, believe it or not, are actually going to be in New York uh, between the 4th and the 10th of November, so if anybody is actually uh, there... Um, then uh, be great to to see uh, you. I don't know all the details yet. All, I, I'm actually going there for my new job. Obviously, I'm going to a vet show, uh, a veterinary veterinary show, uh, there to, to to try and sell our cars. But I will have some free evenings, obviously. So uh, excellent.
5: Anything...
0: Well, let's try and keep in touch in case I'm out there. I've yeah. got My next month, uh, October is all standby, so I don't know where I'll be. But yeah. uh, November yet to come, and by the way, I have uh, 17,842.87 hours, Uh, that's uh, (laughs) 1 million... That, that seventy thousand is... five hundred and seventy-two million uh, minutes, Before you... or sixty-four million two hundred and thirty-four thousand three hundred and twenty-four seconds. I think someone is using you know, an, app. an app for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Either that, or
2: your math yeah. is incredible. You're wasted as an airline pilot. Uh, uh, what do, <laughs> what do <laughs> you <laughs> think? I'm what, always wasted. Yeah. What do you think about that, <laughs> <Yeah>, Pip? <Pitt? everyone. laughs>
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> 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 Poor Pip. He tried to say something. Did he? Why, yeah. What
0: did
2: he try and say? Hi, everyone. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well done, Pip.
0: <laughs> well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: So,
1: Stephen. Yes, Stephen. Before, yeah, yeah. We, before, <laughs> we, before we before we close yeah. the show, then Stephen, come on. Tell us what uh, what what's the plans for the flying future plans? Then what have you got yeah. uh, in the book ready to come?
6: Um. Well, I'm uh, trying to finish my multi-engine, get my add-on for my commercial. Um, The plane I was using, though, has been an annual um, for about two weeks, and it looks like it might be a little bit longer, and I'm uh, getting really impatient with that. So um, I've located a flight school down in Florida, so I'm going to start going down there on my free weekends to finish up my multi and uh, hopefully get it done by the end of September. Um, And then trying to find an entry-level flying gig locally um, just to build some time up. Um, That way I don't um, go bankrupt trying to get (laughs) an hour.
2: That's a good Um, reason. I like it, yes.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, I'm having some uh, changes at my current job. They're uh, wanting me to do some different stuff and uh, work weekends, so um, I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. Um, as far as trips coming up, I don't have any flying plan other than going down there to Florida after the uh, Labor Day holiday there. Um, that's going to be the Daytona Beach area. So nice. that's, um yeah.
2: uh, Maybe another that's beer about... run, perhaps, when your friend is mm. better. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right.
6: I'm, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. <laughs> <because> Melbourne's <laughs> only another uh, 30 minutes down, so that, that's good. There we are, you see. Um, it's all about the beer. It's all about the beer. Melbourne, not Melbourne.
1: That's yeah. Florida, and Smell B. Yeah. Plague yeah.
6: yeah. yeah. oh, differences.
4: Okay. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Very, very big difference. So, first smell bin. So,
2: so now come on, we, we've asked um, everybody, everybody else who's here has already been asked this question. But of course, as the newbie, we have to ask you one very specific question, I'm afraid, as a pilot, <laughs> right? Here we go, brace yourself. And no, I'm never changing the question. It will always be this one. Uh, if you could jump into any aircraft in the entire world, either flying, uh, retired or, or whatever, if, is there one, what is the one aircraft you would most love to sit behind the controls of and take for a spin?
6: So, I had a different response in Pittsburgh. I think um, Max Flight asked me this, and I I gave off some commercial airliner, but um, there was a gentleman at work that gave me this book, and it was the history of the F-14 Tomcat, and I forgot how much I really loved that airplane and some of the stories that were in that book. So, I'm going to have to go with the The F-14 just to be loud and screaming across the sky.
2: As uh, Captain mm. Al would refer to, one of those grey things, then, uh, that he's so, <laughs> that he's so <laughs> he's fond of, yeah. Thing going of the sky. Yeah, absolutely.
4: absolutely, yeah. He feels the need, the need for speed.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that's, um, yeah. that's the Top Gun air, the it, Top Gun well, choice. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's, uh, yeah. yeah, good choice.
3: Classic. I, yeah. And
0: you too could be yeah. in a flat spin heading out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
6: technically, I'd be flying it, so I'd be okay. Goose, whoever's the yeah talk to me, goose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be, be GIB, <laughs> the guy in <ain't> back. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, guys. But,
3: uh, it's, oh, it's, hey, wait. Oh, one last oh, thing before um, before you oh, wrap up. Yeah, if I can. Yeah, i'm um, Can cool. I share uh, some uh, meetup detail? Go staff, go staff. Yeah. Um, Yes, so September twenty-second. So coming up less than a month away now. Um, I'm going to be in Berlin. So this <gasps> is actually probably yes. more applicable for listeners of your show. It yeah, absolutely.
2: European, I, I I can confirm that you've got an Owen coming to see you. So he should be. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Confirmed as well. Um, but we're going Was to be Brickens having a. George? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so my friend bit silent. Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> we'll
3: work on that one. Um, here we are, some lessons. but no, our, uh, yeah, every one of our community same. members, uh, Tillman, um, has, yep. pri- has kindly offered to uh, host a meetup at his, it's called the circus microbrewery. Um, wow. probably the best way to find that information is to actually just do a Google search for the, Cir- the circus hotel. I think it's www.circus-berlin.de. Um, And we're going to be meeting up there at 7 p.m. on Friday, September 22nd, so there should be a wow. few of us, at least. Now that does sound like
2: that does sound like what I can only describe as the perfect APG meetup in a brewery. I mean, for goodness' sake, there,
5: yeah. could there be exactly. a meetup
2: more appropriate for the wonder wonder that is APG?
0: That sounds absolutely perfect. And you'll you recognise Steph because she'll be the one with a stein that's full and will never empty. Never empty. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm very
3: excited to put my uh, my bottomless beer stein to good use. Splenty Unfortunately, I have so to jealous. run a marathon two days later, so... Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. good luck Okay, with so that. I'll meet you there, and I'll drink from me. your stein. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 I'm sure that's um, fine. I um, have...
2: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, okay. is there? <laughs> no. i have no
3: trouble with people helping me um, finish drink, the drinks, drink.
2: Drink your, so. your beer. Excellent. Well, uh, that, that's good. Uh, any last order of business, ladies and gents, before we close? So give us some...
1: Because uh, you are the social media guru on APG, oh, yes, Steph. Okay. So if you want to just fire away where everyone can find uh, uh, you and Nick and the rest of the, uh, the crew...
3: Sure. Since it's uh, not actually our show here, I'll just keep it real simple. You can head over to airlinepilotguy dot com and find all of the information about us there, including links to listen to the show. And I think there's our information about our Twitter and Facebook stuff there as well. I could be wrong on that, but if not, if, um, and
2: if you're not uh, if you're not uh, uh, following them already, then make sure you do so. Uh, I think it's at APG Crew.
1: At isn't APG it? Crew. Yeah, on Twitter. At APG
3: yep. crew on Twitter. Yep. Absolutely.
1: And Grant, where can we? I mean, where can we find you? Obviously, we. <laughs>
2: Kind of know where you are now, but
4: yes, uh, yes. <laughs> If you haven't I'll listened do, to him you so... need
6: you do
2: need to listen to the to the episodes that are there because they are good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. How will they find the
4: <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe skip the first 5. Just <laughs> start with about number 6 or 7 and okay. it gets better from there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first, the first 5 were pretty forgettable, but um uh, yeah, plaincrazydownunder.com. That's where it all lives and if we do actually get around to putting out something new before the death of the universe, uh, yep. it will be there. <laughs> okay. And, uh, me- excellent. <laughs> meanwhile, uh you can find me uh, uh, yeah, I post on Twitter uh, as Falcon124, all ah. one word, and uh, that's from the dreaded Falcon codes that came about in the 60s and so on, and uh, yeah, it's probably the only PC one that's there. It talks about, my father introduced me to that. Uh, he knew a lot of the Falcon codes, and uh, I was talking about one of my landings in a Cessna, and he said, ah, oh, it's Falcon 124, which is take that runway and that and that and that and that. <laughs> uh, okay. That's good. <laughs> kind of how I land. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen,
1: where can people find out a bit more about your adventures if they can?
6: Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't have a podcast that I'm a part of, so right, I can't. That's right. You can you you in just, that. Direction. Just borrow ours, while. Oh, oh, you it's have fun. time. Yeah. yeah. You do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I do now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you can. Um, you get find me on Twitter. It's uh, Stephen Ivy. That's S T E P H E N I V E Y nineteen ninety, and uh, that also works for Facebook too. So if you want to find me on there, um, I uh, I don't really post on Twitter that much, and then Facebook I occasionally post some pictures of me flying, so cool. you can get in touch with me there if you like Definitely.
0: awesome absolutely. and
1: Nick we know where we can find you yeah. on, on any Boeing aircraft across the
5: globe <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a no and if I
0: was I'd be a different shade of uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, i should yeah, be the same colour as my shirt <laughs> yes <green>. so, <laughs> so that is where we bring episode we going green number. Oh, we've oh, got, oh, we yeah. got the music for that
1: yeah. we'll try that one instead there we go how's that one we're oh, going green is, is, is. We're going green. Ooh. No, that's that no, didn't no, you really run off to the work, work, is no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so that was no, where we bring see. episode 179 of the Plain Talking UK podcast wow, it's to a, a long close. One. Yeah. it's been a, it's been a long one. Yeah.
5: There we go. It's
1: been a long one, but uh, don't forget to join us again next Friday. Okay. Uh, for episode 180. We're wow. going to get the dark board out. We're so going we to get the dark yeah, board out. We need out to and get t- Tony
2: Green yeah. to do us a voiceover, do we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Okay. So, so we're going to say a massive thanks
1: know. to everyone who's joined us today in the chat room, all the listeners across yeah, the globe so who've joined us in the chat room and chatted about oh, pretty do. much everything today.
2: Oh, the Ron Jeremy music, Nev says. I know. Right, <laughs> there we
1: go.
5: <laughs> and uh,
1: <laughs> Nev <laughs> will yeah, be back. Nev will be back next Friday with us on the show. I doing this again. <laughs> and uh, we're going to say a massive thanks as, as well to all the guests who've joined us on the show. So, uh, ladies first, Dr. Steph, thank you for joining us early this uh, morning. Yeah. Across My there. pleasure. Yeah, it's been great to see you on the show Indeed, and yeah. steal you off, Jeff. Yeah, and also- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Captain Nick, obviously a fellow APG uh, person there uh, in the uh, in the host room there. Thank you for joining yep. us this morning. Uh, my pleasure, guys. It's lovely to be up in when the d- sun's shining. Well, yes, I, <laughs> I bet. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and well, yeah. We we'll look forward to listening to another plane tales very soon. soon. Look yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah, and Grant, Mr. McCarran, thank you thank for thank staying you. up yeah. and uh, give us give all our best to uh, the lovely Kit as well. When you yep. see long suffering yep. Kit,
4: yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it's, it's, she is. But. Uh, yeah, I'm about to go and probably uh, nuke up some food and have dinner because it's uh, about twenty past ten. So yeah. it's going to be a very
2: Woo-hoo! small serving, I yeah, think. Yeah, I awesome. think I so. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yes.
4: Stephen,
1: all the best uh, for your flying uh, adventures. Yeah, make sure you yep. post post loads
2: of pictures on uh, on Facebook Dude, and stuff so we
1: can we can see what I you're will. doing.
2: Thanks. And thank you also for getting up so blooming early to, yeah. to join us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just my regular work hours. I've already uh, been up going to work. so Well, I've worked out mind. pretty well. Yeah. Now, all the best, all Stephen. Good.
1: Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you
2: all. Yeah, and we'll speak to you all again soon, I'm sure. So that's it, guys. Take care. Um, if you want, obviously, uh, our show, uh, if you if you don't know where we are yet, so it, it is www.planetalkinguk.com. Please do send us some audio feedback. We love to hear yes. from you, especially because uh, it breaks up. Haven't listen listened to me and Carlos, so please do send us some audio <laughs> feedback. It is podcast at planetalkinguk.com. That's podcast at planetalkinguk.com. Facebook.com forward slash talking And our Twitter handle, if you haven't already found us, is at. Plain Talking UK. That's it guys from all of us here around the globe it's time to say goodbye. Say goodbye everyone! Bye!
5: Bye.